sentenced to live. She was jailed for life with a minimum of nine years at Luton Crown Court in February after she admitted murder. That sentence has been upheld by three senior judges at London's Appeal Court who said it was not excessive. The government has been accused of leaving the taxpayer out of pocket by as much as £1 billion because it partially sold Royal Mail too cheaply. MPs on the Business Select Committee claim ministers underestimated the demand for shares. The government insists their views are based on hindsight. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker is taking up the case of a mother in the town who's concerned about the planned closure of her disabled son's care home. Mr Shuker told the Commons that families would be profoundly affected by the charity scope proposal to close eight care homes around the country. Robert Holmes is 39. I met his mother, Grace, two months ago when I was out door knocking in my constituency. She told me about the excellent quality of care that Robert, who has cerebral palsy, receives at Scopes Residential Home, Hampton House in Northampton. But she also told me of Scopes proposals to close Hampton House Hundreds of thousands more patients could be considered for weight loss surgery on the NHS as part of plans to tackle type 2 diabetes. The National Institute of Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, believes that making more people eligible for a gastric band or bypass would reduce debilitating complications associated with the disease. Work on the first solar farm in central Bedfordshire starts today. The 11-hectare site will generate enough electricity to power 1,500 homes in Caddington. The solar farm is expected to start generating electricity from September. In sport, the pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. The weather, a cloudy and damp start without breaks of rain continuing. Drier and brighter this afternoon, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Vibrant, diverse and very, very close to all the local amenities and shopping centre. It's all about where you live. It's just so open and nice and green and beautiful. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. We are up and coming and hopefully getting more and more friendly. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday, 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 break it down. It's Friday, 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 Hey, why? Well, it's not Friday till about nine o'clock. Shut up. What? It's Friday all day, man. No, no, no. All day is Friday from about half past one in the morning until half nine at night. That's Friday. (laughs) Okay. Everyone knows that. Well. (sighs) Friday slurps, isn't it? Friday slurps. Morning. Sorry. You're stealing Wally Webb's act there. No, Synchronised sip. No, 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 it's just, no he's got Friday s- slurps. Come on, <laughs> Catherine. Can't TM that. He has a syn- he has a synchronised sip at five fifteen yes. on Friday. I have a Friday slurps. Kels, you want a Friday yeah. slurps? Derivative. 
You're not having the Friday slurps, Kath? No, it's Wally Webbs. It's not Wally Webbs! He has a, um, what was his, what's it called? Synchronised sip. See, I can't remember what it's called. Mine's called a Friday slurp. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Break it down, Friday, here we come now. It's Friday, we're going to have some fun on a Friday. It's Friday, it is Friday fun. On a Friday, it's Friday, Friday, take it back to the bridge. Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. You know this is going out on air, don't you? It's Friday, and it's in the podcast. Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Why are you not, what, right, hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. This is, listen, Catherine. I'm we, not doing it. Listen, 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 listen. We have a, it's in my contract. I don't rap. Come here. I don't beatbox. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Listen. What? Kelly and I laugh at you behind your back. Fine. We, we call you mum. We say you look like Velma. Um, we say all kinds of horrible, rude things about you. But deep down, we almost care for you. Right. Okay. So what's your beef, Boyle? What's your beef? I've got beef. you got beef. I haven't got any beef at all. you got beef. You. <laughs> you got beef, Boyle. No, I can no. see it. We're just different personalities. Some of us like to rap. Some of us like to sit back and let you sound like idiots. And some of us have personalities. Kels, high five. Okay, you can call it personality. Hey, do you want to sing, Kath? The words nope. are really simple. I've put a song in for you that you can sing. It's called It's Friday. 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 Break it down. Friday, here we come. Friday time now. We're going to have some fun on a Friday, Friday time. Everybody, it's a Friday. It's not a Thursday. It's not a Saturday. It's a Friday. Take it back. Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Kath? Come on, man. Stop crying. Why are you ruining our vibe? You're totally killing my vibe. My, my, my buzz has been Your killed. Your vibe sounds like it's pretty um, vital. My buzz has been killed by you, Boyle. <laughs> Boyle killed my buzz. Boyle the buzz killer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's almost as bad as that, um, the child snatcher killer. from that film. You virtually snatched my child. To be my honest, child he had a, a buzz. He, he had a point. Bang, bang. He had a point. Yeah. He was performing a public service. We've got seven seconds left. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Break it down, it's Friday time. Everybody have some fun. Go on and listen to some songs and do some things. We're going to talk about local issues, including a man who feeds birds sausages. <laughs> that bit's true. I know. That bit is actually true. Oh. Across beds, hearts and bucks. It's Friday. Stop it. C3 Counties Radio. Woo! Oh, man, I'm feeling so good. And I'm just about to write an email to a man saying I don't want um, his services anymore. Oh. Was it upstairs at... Um, <laughs> this sakes. Come on, Boyle, lighten up. It's Friday. I do like this one. Okay. You're welcome. Quiet, everyone. Thank you. Nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing Try and sell you Cause it hangs them up
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I promised you the story of a gentleman who feeds sausages and pork pies to birds. Well, I wasn't lying. A Houghton Regis man has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his own garden? What is this? North Korea or something? But listen... Neighbours complained that Clifford John Coots was attracting pests and disease by leaving trays of food on his driveway. Three years later, he's been issued with a court order and a visit from our reporter Matt Lockwood. Things got rather tense when Matt bumped into a neighbour who turned out to be Clifford's sister, Carol. Your friend out there. Why don't, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over? What friend? Come over. What no, friend? Thank you. I don't want to speak to her. No, of course you don't, because you know I'm telling the truth. I am dim. I haven't spoken to her. Well, you'd have to speak to her. Speak I to me. Speak to me. To for years. Fine. Where she made a statement. Come a bit, was, but come a bit closer so we can, no, I can I hear you both. Spoken to you, All I'm saying is, um, it's not about the birds, Dimple. I'm not against you. I feed the birds. You know Roy does. Well, you encourage them down here, don't you? No, then? I don't. I have little birds. Why do you have to come out How the front you... and chuck bowlfuls of bread? I've had. Raw sausages, pork pie. What Why have you got it? to throw that out the front? Why can't you? Couldn't you have just had your little bird feeders out the back? Well, put it this way: as, as it's my property, I yes, thought I could, I property. could do what I like on my property. Yes, you could. Not having you, you dictate what I should do. No, I haven't dictated. You what are you dictating. Do. I'm just asking you. Please do not throw it out the front. So I've got all birds mess up me windows all over don't, my car. Oh, don't exaggerate, my. It's not exaggerating. How is it I don't get it on mine? Shall I tell you why you don't get it on yours? Because they fly down and eat it, and when they fly off, that's when they drop uh, their droppings. Uh, I'm not against anybody feeding birds. I feed them myself, little birds. But it's what you... Feed them what? little bit of seed. How do you feed them? Roy's got a thing, little thing hanging oh. down. Same as Sandra's got them. I bet, I bet if you all went now, down this street, everybody's you, you, got you, bird feeders. It's all come about me now at the moment. I, t- I had pork pies on here. I had a pork pie. Raw sausage. Well, that's no what? If someone threw it on there, it'd be different. If someone comes down this road now, I've got a ban, a lifetime ban, be through you, Carruthers. You're talking for the rest of the street. No, I'm not really. I'm you just are. saying. All I asked was that you didn't throw it to the front and make them bloody seagulls come down here swarming oh, across the have, have they gone to the seaside for their oldies? I don't know. No, they live here. They've gone to the seaside you to look nest. over that way at night and that... There that, is some steady, I've seen oh, them. Dozens of them. But when you put that food out and it gets a bit colder, they'll be swarming down this no, street. Don't you ain't seen them. Stupid. Well, they've got pictures of them, so they know they do. What? The council have had pictures of them seagulls swarming down the street. Well, I haven't got it. Well, you might not have, but I know they took them. Well, I think you're making some of this up as you go along, no, I'm aren't you? I'm not making nothing up, Dimple. You are? I'm not. I'm not making anything up. Well, you are. You definitely are. You, you, I'm not you making speak, anything up, am I? You speak as, no. as if you're talking for the whole no. street. Well, so yeah, get Ron down. No, I don't want to. Sp- no, you don't want him down here, do you? What? Because you know he's going to say exactly the same as I've said. Well, I, I for one want to know what Ron was planning on saying, and we will find out exactly what Ron said 
in an hour's time. Uh, this is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. Just to remind you, it's uh, coming up to a quarter past six. Our lead story is a gentleman called Dimple who feeds birds sausages. It's the biggest story in Beds, Hearts and Bucks this morning. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound. There's been an accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. It's now on the hard shoulder but causing some delays on camera. Taking a look in Milton Keynes, roadworks continue on standing way at Newport Road so do expect delays there. Also on the M1 Luton Spur in both directions between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport, often causing delays through the rush. There's no problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much. Right, it's 6.15, it's Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Story, uh, Three Counties Radio. Breaking news, a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden. It's after his neighbours secured a court order. We'll find out what one of the neighbours, Ron, had to say a little bit later on in the show. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And Luton South MP Gavin Shuka is taking up the case of a mother in town who is concerned about the planned closure of her disabled son's care home. Just to remind you, the story we're leading with is a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glasgow. 2014. Scores to be settled. Every time I get up, that's the first thought in my mind. Bragging rights to be won. You're not ready for what we've got. You ain't trained hard enough. And they call this the friendly games. I'm going to walk through everyone. I'm ready. I'm ready. See you in Glasgow. The Commonwealth Games, coming soon across the BBC. Now, usually I don't do this, but, uh... Go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So baby, give me that, and let me get that. Beep, beep. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24. Why they saying I'm ready? Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Bounce, 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 bounce. Come on. Now it's like murder, she rolled. Once I get you out them clothes, privacy's on the door. But still they can hear screaming more. Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling. No more hoping and wishing. I'm about to take my key and stick it in the ignition. So give me that. Let me give you that. Running her hands through my fro. Bouncing on 24. Why they saying I'm ready? It's the remix to ignition. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Mama ruling that body. Got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend. Maybe I'm about to have me some fun. Crystal popping in the stretch navigator. We got food everywhere. As if the party was catered. We got fellas to my left. Honey. 
honey's on my right. We bring them both together. We got juking all night. Then after the show, it's the after party. Yeah. And after the party, it's the hotel lobby. Yeah. Around about four, you gotta fill the lobby. Then yeah. take it to your room and somebody. Can I get a Can I get a Running her hands through my fro. Yeah. Bouncing on 24. Come on, why they say Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby, I'm about to have some fun Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Yeah. Mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing. Sipping on coke and rum. Yeah. I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. Uh -huh. It's the freaking weekend, baby. Yeah. I'm about to have me some fun. Come on, girl, we off in this Jeep. Fogging windows up, blasting the radio. In the back of my truck, bouncing up and down. Stroking round and round to the Morning, this is in the BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, council workers in Luton are complaining that they may have to pay £30 a month to park their cars. Proposals have been drawn up for consultation and the workforce are angry. Is there space already? Yes. Has it always been free? Yes. Is it in a town centre? No. So why? Well, Justin, you've been out speaking to people, haven't you? Yes, yeah, so we're talking to uh, council workers yesterday about this. It was uh, something which pops up on the programme at various points yesterday. Um, we spoke to the council workers. They really can't understand what is going on here. Uh, £30 a month to them on a low wage is a lot of money. So uh, here's what works had to say. I, I think it's disgusting that they're, that they're even asking us to, to pay to park our vehicles. We're amongst the lowest paid. I can't believe that they're even coming to us and asking us to fill their coffers because that's what they're doing. It does seem strange though, doesn't it? Because the parking facilities are here. What's the issue? We don't understand it ourselves. We're asking this question. If they had to go and build car parks for us to park in, different, completely different. But as you're saying, it's all here. The infrastructure is here. It has always been here. And it's part of, as I, I, I was led to believe, our terms and condition of employment. It was a place to park as we start early in the morning. I'm, I'm sure the public don't want us rolling out an hour or an hour and a half later and blocking up their roads with a bin lorry because everybody wants us to empty their bins, but nobody wants us in their road at that time, which we understand. That's perfectly acceptable. So it's, it's a silly idea and it's not fair. It's, it's 30 pounds I can't afford, and I, know I would have to uh, think of another way of coming to work, either by bicycle or by motorbike, if they provided motorbike parking spaces, or are they going to provide us with electric parking spaces, which at the moment in the town are free? Where's this come from, do you think? Because it, it does seem rather strange, because th this is an industrial area here. We're not talking about a town centre with, with private car parks. This is owned by Lucenborough Council. Where do you think this idea has come from? Personally, I don't know. Uh, apart from I heard that uh, some members of the Lutonborough Council staff work in the town hall where they can't park for free and there seems to be a gripe from someone up there that uh, made the comment that 
we at the, the Kingsway Depot can park for free, but they work in the town hall and they can't park for free. Well, to me, it feels like uh, we're basically having a, a pay cut on top of uh, like a, what they're trying to do already. So, I mean, Can you see any justification for this at all? No, I, I see it as a, a money-making uh, scheme for, for, for the council. Uh, I don't think it's been properly thought through uh, and how it's going to be implemented. So... Uh, I think it's going to cause nothing but problems. People very angry there, Just. Absolutely. I mean, th- th- this is Lusenborough Council Central Depot. It's in uh, Portland Court, as I mentioned in that piece there. Nowhere near the town centre at all. And you could say, well, you know, a lot of people have to, to pay to park anyway. But, but as those people explained, they're not moving. They're not having new car parks built. They just feel that the council are trying to, to get as much money from their staff as possible. And we're going to be moving next year. We're going to be moving from Luton to Dunstan and we will probably have to pay for our car parking space. That's because parking is at a premium, but but nothing really here, according to those workers, has changed. £30 is a lot of money to them, and hopefully, Ian, later on, Lucenborough Council will be coming onto your programme to explain their reasons why. Okay. £30 a month... Mm. It doesn't sound like a massive amount, and I'm sure... And let's put this... I'll tell you what, actually, because I don't know. I'm doing all right. I could afford £30 a month. I'm sure some of these people would find that harder to swallow. Can we put this out there to you, dear listener? 30 quid a month parking. What do you think? Does that sound excessive? It's a pound a day. 08459 455 555. In my head, that kind of sounds all right, but I spent a lot of time driving and parking in London where you could spend 30 quid a day mm. on parking. So I, I don't know. 08459 555. I think people will have sympathy because um, the situation hasn't really changed. Again, if they were moving to a new location, £30 a month, guys, sorry, but we're moving and you're going to have to pay now. People will probably understand that, but I think people, I'm sure, will have sympathy for these workers. Um, Everyone yesterday wanted to talk about this because the situation for them, their circumstances, hasn't changed at all. But the council, they want money out of their staff for what those people see as nothing. Justin, thank you very much. Speak to you later.
heading southbound there's been an accident between junction 14 for Milton Keynes and junction 13 for Bedford um, we're getting information in that, that one lane's going to be closed from around 7 o'clock to allow for some recovery work to take place so do expect delays those major roadworks continue on the Great North Road approaching the Black Cat roundabout so building up in patches at the moment rather heavy moving on the North Orbital Road just off the M at 25 and so far taking a look at the trains everything's running well there's no reported problems or delays Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker is taking up the case of a mother in the town who's concerned about the planned closure of her disabled son's care home. Mr Shuker told the Commons that families would be profoundly affected by the charity Scope's proposal to close eight care homes around the country. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term and a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. Former England opener Geoffrey Boycott says Cook's form could put his place in doubt. If he gets a second not here and gets a second failure without getting your runs, the selectors in here, he have a problem. Do you go on playing test match cricket or do you go back to county cricket and get some runs? I mean, his career's not finished. He's just in very, very poor form but there is a point where you say hey you know I needed to go back and get some runs because he needs time in the middle and then he needs runs against his name and the confidence goes up when you start to play at the moment he can't play because he's out before he gets in Brazilian striker Neymar says the challenge that ended his World Cup was just two centimetres away from leaving him paralysed. Meanwhile, Arsenal have signed the Barcelona and Chile striker Alexis Sanchez for around £35 million. Luton lost 2-0 to a Portuguese second division side in a training game at their Portugal training camp. Wickham beat Maidenhead 3-0 in a behind-closed-doors friendly with goals from Sam Wood, Paris Cowan-Hall and a trialist striker. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow with Steve Nidge at home to West Ham with a 3 Three o'clock kickoff at the Lamex Stadium. Wickham go to Chesson with a one o'clock kickoff. Watford continue their friendlies on their pre-season trip to Austria. A course record seven under par 64 from Rory McIlroy has given him a one-shot lead after the first round of the Scottish Open. Buckinghamshire duo Luke Donald and Terrell Hatton carded 67 and 69 respectively, and Hertfordshire's Tom Lewis carded a 70 after his first ever hole in one. It was nice, you know. I, I felt like the last couple of months, I, my hole in one was coming my way. It's my first hole. In one ever so it's um, it's good fun to uh, to do it at Royal Aberdeen where I've obviously had history here with the Walker Cup so um, it was a nice shot just pushed it stri- slightly off uh, off the tee and perfectly the wind just drifted into the hole BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 7 Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio The music's spinning in our head Can't forget the feeling of love The magic of that summer in love Ooh, I want to take you there Do you want to turn back the pages? Memories
Boys playing in Britain at the same time. How does that happen? How does that happen? And how come I was at neither of them? That's because one of the versions is rubbish and the other version was playing miles away. Apart from that, why wasn't I there? Well, because of that. There's loads of stories in the papers today about some old woman touching another man's chest. I know, exciting, huh? The front page of The Sun. You've got my son's heart. A shocked mum told last night how a sixth sense, hmm, made her... Oh, here's something. I got followed by a psychic on uh, Twitter... She called like psychic Sharon or something, and I, I said, "Hey, thanks for the follow. Can you do something psychic?" And all she did that wasn't particularly psychic was went, "Hmm, a non-believer smiley face." Yeah, okay, that's not psychic. It's kind of obvious I'm a non-believer. Do something psychic. Ah, no. Well, then you're not psychic. You're just a woman. I might tweet her again in a minute actually and say, "Come on, love." Pull your finger out and do something psychic. She might know that you're going to do that. Eee, Eee, hey, you did my, uh, you're doing my bits before me. I know, I think I'm becoming you. What else shall we say? <sighs> anyway, yeah. Frida Carter saw transplant patient Scott Rutherford and knew immediately he'd been saved by her organ, sonar, uh, organ donor son, John, 33. Full story, page four and five. Well, let's go to page four and five to find out the full details. I put a hand on Scott's chest and felt my John's heart beating. Uh, but then it turns out that, that she knew his name. So that kind of takes the, the sixth sense mystery away a little bit. She knew what his name was. The retired carer said, I saw Scott's name on the order of service and I knew he was special. Then when I saw him walk to the front of the church, I became hysterical. Call it sixth sense or mother's instinct, but I just knew. I turned to my husband and said, he's got our John's heart. This is a do for like people who'd, who'd had bit, transplant people. I think that's what they're called. I couldn't breathe and started making a scene. My husband said Scott was a really common name. So they knew what the name was. So, ue the psychic skills there, man. There's no, that's not psychic skills. That's just uh, reading someone's name. I haven't had sex in five years because my boobs are too big. That's a story. Uh, pain of having one of the UK's biggest natural busts. Ouch. Pretty Anola Brown. I mean, OK. Has breasts that men adore, but they are so big they are ruining her life. The 31-year-old, whose all-natural 34 double L chest has not stopped growing since she was 13, is so self-conscious... She even refuses to be... Oh, dearie me. Then the, the son, to uh, make the most of this story, have decided to put pictures of other women with uh, big boobs, including the world's largest uh, that belonged to Annie Hawkins-Turner. She's an American, of course. 102 triple Z. Or as they say over there, 102 triple Z. Which I think is also a radio station. Those are quite big... Uh, 
Those are quite big bazumbas, aren't they? Aren't they? And there's another story. The sun, the sun is full of it today. Full of it today, I said. Uh, Little Prince Excess. Hmm? That doesn't quite work. Little Prince Excess. Mum buys makeover. A mum spent £1,000 on her 11-year-old daughter's primary school prom. Now, when, when I first read this, you kind of think, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, that is horrible. And then I thought, actually, do you know what? If she can afford it, good for her. Well done. I mean, the kid looks awful. The kid looks like about 15 in it, which is um, not particularly appropriate. She's 11. A mum spent £1,000 on her 11-year-old daughter's primary school prom. Dinner lady, Amy Woolley, 36, took on extra work as a factory cleaner to pay for the dream day. Well, hang on a second. Suddenly this is a story not of excess, but of inspiration setting a good example, isn't it? She bought Beth a £200 princess dress, matching blue shoes and bag, and paid £440 for the limos and a beautician. Well, a beautician maybe is a little bit uh, inappropriate. Isn't this a bit sad that this woman's felt such pressure to do that, that she's taken up an extra job? Um, I... Um, do, how, how do we know she felt pressure? Well, why would you do it otherwise? Because you want the, you know, you want the, your kid to have a special day. Now, obviously, she didn't need to do all that to make the kid have a special day. Somewhere, her wires have got maybe slightly skewed. I think it's quite an inspirational. I mean, the kid looks ridiculous. She looks, she's eleven. She looks about fifteen, and she's got way too much makeup on. And she's kind of gone from being a, a you know, pale, white, beautiful little girl to almost Indian levels of of uh, tannage there. But I think that's quite. I think that's quite a good thing. She didn't put it on credit cards. She didn't go in, you know, go to Wonga or anything like that. She said, right, we're going to pay for this and I'm going to get another job to pay for it. I think that's quite inspirational. Beth and 18 classmates drank fizzy pop from champagne flutes on a red carpet and were snapped by a top photographer. Not just any photographer, a top photographer. They then took limos in white pink. I can't go in a limo, it makes me feel sick because you're sitting sideways. I once had a row with. You don't um, have to sit sideways. Yeah, you, you do if you do if the um, posh spice lookalike gets in there first. Oh. She did. I had a row with her. She was doing my nutting. Anyway, anyway. What a life you've led. <clears> she was, this was in Lost. Okay, imagine the scene. You're in the back of a, a limo with a posh spice lookalike and a David Beckham lookalike. You're about to try and blag your way into a club uh, in Los Angeles, and the posh spice lookalike is drunk off her nut and being a pain in the backside. Fun times, and it's really late at night, and you want to go home to bed. I always feel I can relate to your stories. <laughs> Have you seen the picture of me with the posh spice and the David Beckham lookalikes? No, but I'd love to. They look, they, they look quite good. He was quite good. Well, who, we went, who were you looking like? I was, I was their manager. We went into... Um, we got stopped in, like, by the paparazzi and stuff in LA. We were walking down LA and just loads of paparazzi pounced on us. They thought it was the real one. We went into a, a car uh, into a car showroom and we nearly got to test drive a, a $200,000 car until uh, the David Beckham lookalike couldn't start it. And then he went, you're not really David Beckham, are you? And he went, um, no. They then took limos in white, pink and silver to the party organised by parents. Blah, blah, blah. Amy, who spent three months getting up at 6am for her second job, said, I've got boys 16 and 15, so when I had a girl, I knew she'd be pampered. Ah, here we go. Uh. Dad David, 38, a machine operator, was against the idea until he saw her dressed up. I think that's an inspirational story of hope. And uh, you can get what you want if you work for it and you don't need to stretch yourself beyond your means. You see it differently. I don't know, I just think... 
It's her primary school prom. What are they going to do when she actually graduates? She's going to sell a kidney. <laughs> She's going to sell a kidney and possibly half a lung. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as long as she's made plans. She's definitely made plans. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. My bed. So show me family, all the blood that I will bleed. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I went wrong. But I can write a song. I belong with you. You belong with me. I thought that was the BBC introducing track, but no, it's actually it's actually a real record. Wow! Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound. There's been an accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. Expecting one lane to be closed from around 7 o'clock this morning to allow some recovery work that's going to be taking place. So do expect delays. In Milton Keynes, roadworks continue on standing way at the Kingston roundabout. So expect delays there as those continue. And on the M25, those major roadworks continue between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11. So do expect delays there. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has highlighted the case of a woman in the town whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. 
And a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, no one size forecast for the three counties today. It's a very different sort of day or certainly a very different sort of start depending on where you are. In Buckinghamshire it's dry with some good smells of sunshine and beds and hearts uh, not so much. We've got this weather front that we had on and off through the day yesterday uh, still with us. It's tracking westwards and it's dying away all the time as it does so. So if you're in Luton at the moment uh, you're seeing some rain. Stevenage have got some heavy bursts at the moment too up towards Bedford uh, very heavy at the moment there and there's still a metal office weather warning in force until nine o'clock this morning because of the uh, strength of that rain but it is tracking westwards and it's dying away all the time so yes it looks like clouds certainly increasing across parts of Buckinghamshire and the risk of some rain through the morning here uh, whereas things are starting to clear up actually uh, towards the other two counties and uh, eventually for all of us will dry out there'll still be quite a bit of cloud around but in the best of any late brightness top temperature of 21 celsius a muggy humid night to come with lows of just 14 or 15 degrees and then tomorrow some cloud around a bit of brightness coming through at times and warmer and quite humid too with a high of 24 Celsius, 75 in Fahrenheit and then some sharp showers potentially around tomorrow evening and we'll keep those overnight into the start of things on Sunday. Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve's in Hitchin. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ian. What have you got for us? <laughs> you were talking about the uh, feeding the birds in your back garden. Yes. Well, I live in Hitchin, and uh, I feed more than that. I feed the the squirrels, mm. but I make them work for their breakfast. What, what so, do you get uh, the squirrels to do? Do they? What do they have to do to get your nuts? <laughs> Um, they, have to, they have to go along in a salt course uh, made out of bric-a-brac, which is like things like plungers, old wellies, fish tank lids, all sorts of things. Why would you do something like that? Um, that's a good question. Oh. I have no idea why. Kelly tells me you put these on YouTube, have you? I have, yeah. I've had, I've had a few hits this week, actually, on some of them. The what? double squirrel assault course has had about nearly half a million or so in the last week or so. Wow, you've, you've gone viral. What, what do I have to type in to find your uh, squirrels? If you type in double squirrel assault course, there's a longer one, or a black squirrel assault course, because we have black squirrels too. Let's go to double. We cater for all colours of squirrels here. Well done. I'm glad you're not racially prejudiced against the squirrels. Double squirrel (laughs) assault course. Well, it comes up automatically. Hang on. Double squirrel assault course. Let's have a little look here. Uh, You've had half a million hits. Yeah, that's just one of them. Yeah, I've had half a million on another as well. Do you get a few quid for that? You get yeah, you get a few hundred quid for that. Really? Hey, that's not bad, is it? It's, it's all right. Pays for the camera. <laughs> How can we beat the success of our black squirrel assault course? Says Steve, by building an even bigger assault course out of an old ironing board, sink plunger, and bits of wood. We've oh, done titles and everything. This time we've gone for the double. Bring on those cheeky squirrels. You can play this at home, kids. Double squirrel assault course. You, well, the, actual, the, the course is actually a triple one, but we only managed to get 
two on there because I made three. They they hang off clotheslines, so they're all, and they're all sort of angled together like a triangle. Hey, I like your I like your garden. It's it's very nice. Isn't yeah, it? Does the trampoline move out from there, or do you keep it there? The trampoline's there. It, well, it was for the kids, but they're getting a bit old for it okay, now. Okay, because because that's right underneath the tree. They're going to bash their heads. No, they don't. There's only tiny little branches over the top. So. Okay, I like your shed. Okay. It, oh, does that say what I think it says? Oh, Tom, what? Dick and Harry. Okay, Tom, Dick and Harry. No, no, no the triple one, I named them. I, uh, yeah, I, no, I thought you were being, being rude. I it, thought when it's you, I Tom, saw, Dick and Harriet. Yeah, I thought when, I, got, when, when I saw Dick, I thought, oh dear, he's, he's going to be naughty. Okay. There were one or two comments on YouTube on yeah. that one. <laughs> Here we go. Here comes a squirrel. Good, good camera work there, Steve. So do you just spend your day in, in the spare bedroom with a video camera? Because that's a bit weird. Um, in, in the holidays, I've, I've done that. But, yeah, I do, I do sort of uh, film it. It's really hit and miss. It can take weeks for them to actually learn to use the assault course. So. And do they, do, they, do they get it straight away, or do they have to kind of no, go along no. and work it out? No, originally we put, like, um, my son and I did it, we put, like, a bit of trellis up, and you put a bird, it's a bird feeder at the end, and they hang off the bird feeder. Surprisingly, it's a squirrel-proof bird feeder, but they don't seem to ignore that. Oh, the squirrel-proof bird feeders don't work. That's <laughs> complete nonsense. They can get their I heads can, around that. I can agree with you on that one. Um, so we put one section at a time, and then move the bird feeder along, and then eventually you end up with a whole course. Hey, I like that. There's the plunger. Steve, do you have a job? Do you have a life, or, or is I, this I, it? <laughs> No, I'm a, I am a teacher, oh. and I tend to do this during the summer holidays. But, well, uh, well, good for you. More, this, this, more people should have... Oh, here comes the other one. Here comes Harriet. Look, more people should have hobbies like this. Although <laughs> squir- squirrel are, are vermin, though. I'm not quite sure why you'd want to encourage them. No, they're absolutely lovely. We sit in our conservatory, and it's just magical watching them just you know, climb along the... Uh, I mean, the obstacle course, it isn't, it's not harming them anyway. They're still wild. You know, I don't feed them by hand or anything. And, uh, and when they're hanging off the, uh, the bird feeder at the end, they've got their breakfast, so they're happy. Have you got any nasty comments? Um, most of them, no. Because um, some of them, cause sometimes on uh, YouTube, as I've discovered, people can be quite rude, can't they? <laughs> the, only one, the only one I did have, because I've had quite a lot of interest from America, they seem to think I sound a bit like Benedict Cumberbatch on my commentary. They like the commentary. Um, and they, one of the, one of the, um, the TV uh, channels that wanted to use a clip turned out it was like a, a shooting and a fishing channel <laughs> and so i had to reply and say i'm sorry but you're more likely to kill my squirrels than actually oh, you know sort of more them, british but. than fish and chips it says yeah uh, <laughs> steve listen thank you for sharing that if you want to have a look double squirrel assault half a million hits blimey kells yes prince. kells bells yes princess it's what hello it's um uh um uh bbc introducing time Yes. Guys. You started over that a uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, well, I, a little bit of brain freeze. And not in the ice cream sense, in the literal sense of a brain winding down as it reaches its conclusion. I think I've had all the thoughts I ever need to have. And that's it. It's going, oh, we're, we're done this now. This is the worst introduction to an introducing track I've ever heard. OK. I but can, you can bring it back. I can bring it back. Go on, then. BBC Introducing, my favourite part of the week. And I love all the songs. I thought that last song we played was a BBC Introducing track because it sounded a little bit um, homemade. But you corrected me off air uh, that no, the BBC introducing tracks are not homemade. Sometimes They're, it's getting worse, isn't it? You steam in and save it. BBC introducing is a show Saturday nights from eight o'clock, and it's dedicated to the unsigned music of the three counties. And it, there's a lot of it. It's a very uh, talented bunch of uh, counties. And uh, this week I've picked Alex Bay, and I've added him to the playlist. He's from Hitchin, and this is his track. And you said that this is one of your favourites as well. Yep. Well, and what's the track called? Go with it. So oh, in that case, I, I in that case, I certainly am going to go with it. it. 
right now. I'm going to sit in the dock of the Alex Bay <laughs> as I go with, with it. it. find a way to you And I've been thinking about all the little things you do And I can make it happen if I try If I try But you've been hiding Holding back Stepping so carefully And your heart don't lie Listen to the way it be We can make some magic you and I if we try, so we better go with it, go with it. We can make it happen. If we go with it, go with it. Anything can happen if we go with it, go with it. We can make it happen if we go with it. I've been certain, so certain. Never a doubt about the way I feel for you. And all that gray in the sky is turning back to blue. Oh, and I just want to show you all my heart. I want to show you all my heart. finished i think he's finished it was good he worked hard on it it's, it's, it's nice i like that he's put a lot of uh, what i would call production values in there i can hear that i could hear ken bruce coming off the back of uh, alex bay more so than that hey ho song yeah that hey ho song was awful that was awful i can now i can hear i can hear ken bruce going into alex bay and then coming off his back i can hear that all all happening perfectly. Uh, alex bay go with it if you want to hear more bbc introducing then um you know 
that's great. That's great. And I wish you the best of luck with that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 heading southbound, still waiting for recovery work to take place between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. They are expecting to close one lane from around 7 o'clock this morning, so do expect delays there. Starting to build up it on the Great North Road, heading towards the Black Cat roundabout as those major roadworks are continuing there, often causing delays through the rush. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving around Junction 20 for Kings Langley and slow moving on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, what the hell is going on in the background there? Oh, loads of drama. It's really noisy. Tell them to, tell them to shut so up. so busy. Say, look, I'm doing the travel. Shut up. Are you at shut home up, or something? Guys. Yeah, just doing it from my um, bed, really. No, Nicola, please, for goodness sakes. Come on now, we've got old people listening. I don't need that image in their heads. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton MP highlights care home closures. Milton Keynes pensioner loses appeal after killing terminally ill husband and Bedfordshire man banned from feeding the birds. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka has highlighted the case of a woman in the town whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. The care minister, Norman Lamb, says care home closures can't be avoided but the needs of residents must be considered. There will be situations where homes do have to close or where the proprietors choose uh, to close those homes. We have to face this. What is most important is that any decision to close a home should be handled sensitively and appropriately. It's essential that person-centred care planning identifies the best alternative for, for each individual. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. 76-year-old Sheila Samford from Bancroft Park insisted that she killed her 83-year-old husband John out of mercy because he had just six months to live. She was jailed for life with a minimum of nine years in February after she admitted murder. That sentence has been upheld by three senior judges at London's Appeal Court who said it was not excessive. The government has been accused of leaving the taxpayer out of pocket by as much as £1 billion because it partially sold Royal Mail too cheaply. MPs on the Business Select Committee claim ministers underestimated the demand for shares. The government insists their views are based on hindsight. A man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. They claim Clifford John Coots left trays of bread, pork pies and raw sausages in front of his garage on Dunstable Road. Mr Coots claims they're exaggerating, but neighbour Ron Carruthers says he's gone too far. Everybody up here feeds birds, but we don't throw out sausages, raw meat. We've had rats up here. We get the foxes here at night. His attitude is, I can do what I like on my property. Now, whether that means he can carry on, 
I mean, he's looking for, to me, he's looking for a sympathy vote. Hundreds of thousands more patients could be considered for weight loss surgery on the NHS as part of plans to tackle type 2 diabetes. The National Institute of Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, believes that making more people eligible for a gastric band or bypass would reduce debilitating complications associated with the disease. Work on the first solar farm in central Bedfordshire starts today. The 11-hectare site will generate enough electricity to power 1,500 homes in Caddington. The solar farm is expected to start generating electricity from September. In sport, the pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. The weather, a cloudy and damp start with outbreaks of rain continuing, drier and brighter this afternoon, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a great community. A lot of green spaces for kids to play. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. I like it when I see people looking after it, see them develop in the parks with the little ones. It's all about where you live. I've lived in Fishermead since 79. Yeah, the community spirit's good and alive and kicking. There's a lot of good people here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Sing hosannas. Oh, that it's the 11th of July. When did that happen, man? Man. Lots coming up on the show today, including closure of care homes, council workers are asked to pay 30 pounds a month parking, and a bloke who feeds birds pork pies and sausages. He's upset the neighbours. If you want to give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Just we'll be talking about the parking in a little bit. So council workers who have had free parking for, I don't know, 10 years or something, now have to pay £30 a month. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, OK, that's, that will eat into their wages, of course it would. Part of me is struggling to get excited at the thought of £30 a month. I kind of think that that's, that's sort of getting away uh, a, a bit lucky, isn't it? I don't know. Have I got this completely wrong? Does £30 a month parking, up from nothing, from zero, does that seem excessive to you? We've got, we got someone from Lutonborough Council coming in, what? Uh, a little bit later on. I'd be kind of keen to get your thoughts before he comes in, because I don't quite know how to pitch this. Does £30 a month parking sound excessive to you? Or about right? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, a Luton mum is speaking out against plans to close her son's care home. Grace Holmes's son, Robert, lives at Hampton House in Northamptonshire. It's run by the disability charity Scope, which has just announced it will be closing the facility next year, along with eight others across the country. Well, Grace is on the line now. Morning, Grace. Good morning. Grace, tell me about your son. How old is he and, and why is he in a care home? Robert's got cerebral palsy. Uh, it's severely handicapped, but not mentally. Um, he's been there for coming up for 18 years. He's 39 years of age this year. Um, and very, very happy. In fact, all the residents at Hampton House, none of them want to move. It's like a home. They're like brothers and sisters to each other. And it's affecting them 
plus us parents something chronic. How does the cerebral palsy affect him, and, and what help does he get at the home? Robert gets lots of help. There are wonderful staff. He's severely physically handicapped. He has to be fed and all his personal needs seem to. Mm. Um, and as I say, the staff there are just absolutely wonderful, caring staff. Uh, Scope is saying I'm going to close it. It's affecting all the residents. In fact, my son's been in hospital three times since he's been told, which, other than his spine operations, that's the only time he's been in hospital. So when did you find out, Grace, that, it, that they were going to close this place? Uh, the decision was last October, and it's supposed to close in June next year. With no... Scope are not offering them anything, and Scope are saying that they've got a choice, but they haven't got a choice. To me, Scope doesn't care. I feel as if they're just saying they've passed a sell-by date, and that's it. So why, why are they, what excuse are they giving for closing? They're saying that uh, the building needs updating. Uh, I think it's about three years ago there was a plan taken out by Scope to rebump Hampton House, which never occurred, it never happened. Uh, all right, it does need a bit of work doing to it. But it's not, an, um, it, they also said 50-year-old buildings. Hampton House is only 39 years old. When some of the residents have been there over 30 years, one chap's been there since it opened. And it is affecting all of the staff there and as parents something terrible. So does it come down to money, Grace, that they say they haven't got the money to oh, do well, the work? That is one thing they won't admit. No. Oh. That's one thing they won't admit. So why, what are they saying then? Because if it just needs some work and if they can afford to do it, then why won't they do it? Well, your guess is as good as mine. They have already closed three. Uh, on total, they are closing 11. I mean, they are for, scope is so, supposed to be for cerebral palsy. Mm. But they've got no thought whatsoever on what's happening to the residents at these homes. And they've got such wonderful staff, and talking to other ones, um... They feel all the same, that the staff are wonderful in these homes. They do care, except for Scope. And well, listen, Grace, we're going to be speaking to Scope uh, uh, a little bit later on. What would you like to say to them, and, and what would you like to ask them? I would like to ask them, can they sleep at night? Because the residents and the, the parents can't sleep at night on what they're doing. I think it's absolutely disgusting what they're doing. We have had meetings with them, which have been a waste of time because you don't get a direct answer from them. We're supposed to be having another meeting in September with them. But whether <coughs> anything will happen there or we'll get straight answers there, your guess is as good as mine. You've got 11 months, Grace, to find somewhere else for Robert to move to. We have looked at one in Wellingborough, yeah. which would have meant that it was little flats in a building. Now, Robert would have been stuck in this little flat. They say 24-7 care, but he wouldn't have seen anybody until somebody passed by or somebody came in. He would be stuck there and he thought, Robert can't move from A to B by himself. Mm. He, he, you know... 
There are other... Uh, no, no, don't listen, Grace. I can understand why this is very upsetting. He's your little boy, of course, and you, you want uh, uh, the, the best for him. I say little boy, I know he's a 39-year-old man, but you, he's always your little boy, isn't he? Um, my darling. Of course he is, of course he is. My mum still calls me um, uh, her uh, brave little soldier, and, oh. I'm, and I'm 41 years old, and she says it in front of people. Can you imagine the embarrassment? Well, my mother used to call me a baby because I was the youngest in the family. You see, that, and you, you, the, your children always will be your babies. The, uh, the, there are other places available, though, aren't they, Grace? Not to the extent of really? what, what he's got now. Okay, okay. I mean, he could end up in an old people's home. Who wants that? Yeah. Who wants that? Yeah, that would be inappropriate. And you say he's very he's uh, very upset about it, is he? He's very upset. Every member of the uh, Hampton House are upset. All the residents are upset. Mm. I mean, I felt that when something happens to me, I was happy because I knew Robert would have been well looked after. But uh, what's going to happen to him when I'm not here? Grace, listen, A, you're going to be around for a long time yet, so don't worry too much about that. And, and uh, B, I'm sure that this, this... I'm 78 years of age, dear. Yeah, you sound, you sound fitter than I do, love. I'm 78. I bet you're still quite sprightly. Uh, I was until a couple of years ago when I had a hip replacement. I had a fall. Oh, dear. <laughs> You've been through the wars, haven't you? Yes, dear. Grace, listen, uh, we're going to speak to Scope later on, and we're also going to speak to Gavin Shuker, the MP, who I know has been, um, has been very supportive. Gavin, was, did you see the Parliament yesterday? I didn't see it, but I've heard it. I've heard, I've heard the recording of it, yeah. He's good, isn't he? He's, he's excellent. He is excellent. And don't, uh, say it, don't say it too much, you'll get a big head. Uh? Don't say it too much, Grace. Gavin will get a big head. No, no, no. He deserves it. Yeah. I watched on telly yesterday because, unfortunately, I was... I'd spent four days, in, four days and four nights in hospital last week with Robert. Mm. And I was just shattered. Well, listen, for those who may have missed it on, on, on the telly, we'll play the, a clip of uh, Gavin uh, giving what for a little bit later on. And he's going to come in the studio as well so we can find out uh, exactly what's going on. Grace, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you very much. Uh, th- this, this too shall pass, and this will get sorted at some, on some level. May not be the, the solution you want, but I'm sure that Robert will, uh, will find somewhere safe and uh, caring for him. Oh, if only. Grace, thanks very much for your time. OK, then, thank Take you very care. much. Take care. Bye-bye. There you go. Oh, dearie me, it's Grace Holmes talking about her son, uh, Robert. Uh, we will be speaking to Scope a little bit later on to get their side of the story, and also Gavin Shuker. I hope he wasn't listening to that. He doesn't need that kind of uh, smoke being blown around. Uh, we'll be coming in a little bit later on as well. 08459 455 555. £30 a month to park your car. Uh, we'll be speaking to Luton Borough Council about that in a bit. It's some council workers... Well, it, yesterday we were told £1,000, weren't we? When someone phoned in and said it cost £1,000. We were. Maybe we're missing something or maybe it was um, passion. Passion, passion. But it was second-hand news, wasn't it, when we got it? But then I had a tweet from someone who said that she had, she had had to pay £1,000. Okay, so a couple of things. If you work for Luton Borough Council, have you had to pay £1,000 a year to park, or is that the spurious made-up figure designed to grab headlines? Uh, And even if you don't work for them, 30 quid a month... It kind of, it kind of, uh, I don't want to sound cold and harsh here. Listen, I worked in London for a long time, um, and I would drive in London, and you could pay 30 quid a day to park... Uh, I, I, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. My first job, I was on £11,000 a year, yep. and I had to pay to park in my works car park. It was just standard. They took it out of my wages. I, I, I think... 
I've, I've not had a proper job for years. I would imagine that in most places it is standard. I don't know. OK, simple question. Do you have to pay to park where you work? 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. We don't hear. We will in the new place. The new place? Oh, yeah, we're moving to Dunstable. Dunstable? Yeah, in February. Didn't you know? No? Gosh, well, that's exciting news. Um, so, yeah, 30 quid a month. Is that is that excessive? Is that about right? Do you think they're getting a bargain? And do you have to pay to park where you work? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still expecting recovery work on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. There was an accident earlier on, so do expect delays there. Heading towards the Black Cat Roundabout and the Great North Road, starting to build up in patches approaching those major roadworks. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, looking very slow on the speed sensors between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also very slow moving in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25, and the Barnet Bypass looking slow on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. There's no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.15, it's uh, Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you love music, you'll love Weekends here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday, Justin Dealey plays the forgotten tracks and your musical memories. Ooh, I hear in the rain. There's two hours of rock and roll heaven with Bernie Keith. BBC Introducing brings you local unsigned acts. And the late Paul Barnes plays fabulous tunes to ease you into Sunday morning. Love music, love Saturdays on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So do you have to pay to park? Is that the right way around? Yes. Do you have to pay to park where you work? I, I, I would imagine... Normally I come down on the side of the workers, comrade. I would imagine that's kind of standard practice. We're spoilt here, and there was a lot of hoo-haring when we were told we were moving and we'd have to pay. Lots of hoo-haring. Do you know what? I think that's the point, isn't it? That these people have been parking there, some of them for 12 years, without yeah. having to pay, and they don't really see why they should have to do that now. Mm. Because it's not in the middle of a town centre, it's not a sought-after parking area. It just mm. seems they've been brought into line with the rest of the council staff. Anyway, uh, ask this fella. Abby's coming in. Morning, Robin. You're right. Come and sit down. Settle yourself down. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. This is uh, you know I kind of have an unusual job, an unusual position. So I don't know. I haven't had a real job for flipping ages, ages. So I don't know. So give us a call. Let me know. 
um, if you park, if you pay to park where you are. Council workers, the reason we're talking about this, council workers in Luton are complaining they may have to pay £30 a month to park their cars. Proposals have been drawn up for consultation and the workforce are angry. Robin Porter joins me, Corporate Director for Commercial and Transformation Services at Luton Borough Council. Morning, Robin. Good morning, Ian. Come a little bit closer. Come closer. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Why the charge? What's happening? Well, Ian, as as we've discussed before, um, we've had to save over the last four years £72 million. Yep. Um, that's a lot of money out of the council's budget. We've got uh, £33 million to take out over the next uh, two years. Um, and we're now looking at lots and lots of different options um, to, uh, to save that money. How much will this generate? Um, this is going to generate about uh, £190,000. OK. So not masses compared to the amount of money you've got to save? Not masses, but... Uh, as with every budget, every little helps. Mm. So it is purely a money-making scheme? It's not. There's two reasons for it. The The money is one part. Yep. The second part is that we don't have enough parking for all of our staff. Right. So we've currently got a situation where we've got operational inefficiency in the organisation. We get people who walk uh, into the office and out to their cars because they're out visiting citizens, they're out uh, doing jobs around the town um, and that's not efficient. So what I'm trying to do... Well, you, why is that inefficient? Do, I don't understand why that's inefficient. Um, because we're not, uh, we're not giving them parking um, close to the town centre. They might have to walk for, for 20, 30 minutes. Right. So How is that going to change by charging them? Well, what we're looking to do is to uh, is to restructure the way that we provide parking upon a, an operational need. So, so giving parking to those people that need to uh, to use their cars as part of their daily job. Right. Number one, and then number two um, is the the bringing in the charge. So you're going to stop some people from parking there altogether. Yes. So where are they going to park? Um, well. What, we're, uh, what we've introduced is a, a range of uh, green travel plans. So uh, we're making it easier for people to come in uh, via public transport, via other How means. are you making it easier? Well, um, one of your uh, favourite pet hates, the uh, Lucent to Dunstable busway. It's not a pet hate. I don't know where you got that from. Oh, sir. Oh, apologies. I thought it was. Why, why would you think it was a pet hate? We're upset that we, we've been speaking to lots of people who are upset about the noise problems that haven't been resolved. But that's, it's not—it's not a pet hate. Okay. Well, I, I apologise, Ian. Fine. Why is this bit? Why is this a little bit weird? You've, if, I feel you've come in with a slight attitude. I don't quite know why. No attitudes at all. No, no, no. I'm I'm here to talk about uh, to por- talk about parking. Uh, we've got a budget. Okay. Consulta- so have you made it easier for, for people to come in and green using green meditation? open at the moment so mm. we're looking for uh for luton citizens to provide any ideas that they've got for ways that uh, that the c- council can uh save money that consultation's open until uh, friday the 29th of august and, uh, and we're really looking for people to get involved so you uh, don't have any ideas you're asking the public to come up with ideas um we have some ideas um, we've got uh, some draft proposals that uh, that members are considering for fifteen sixteen, uh, but we need more proposals for fifteen sixteen, and we need a lot more proposals for sixteen seventeen. Can you understand why the council workers would be annoyed at suddenly being charged or being told they can't park? Um, absolutely, at work? yeah. 
Uh, we've got a brilliant, really, really hard-working workforce. Um, they've not had a uh, pay rise for, for three years. Uh, on the table from the government today is a is a 1% rise. Um, um, but on the flip side, we've worked really hard over the, the last four years to protect services to citizens, to protect jobs, um, and we're in the process of bringing in the living wage as well. So we, we are working really hard to uh, to protect those services to citizens in Luton that most need them and is to it, protect jobs. Is it fair that the workers are being punished um, because you need to save money? Um, it's not about fairness for me, and it's about... Um, so it's unfair? It, I'd, I wouldn't say it's about fairness. This is about the council looking at every possible angle. This is a consultation that's currently underway. Consultation on the parking with staff doesn't end until the uh, the 9th of September. Staff have already come forward with some really, really good ideas about uh, how we could save uh, money in different ways. Um, and once we've finished that consultation, we'll then consider and then propose um, some recommendation to members. So, but but it's, so it's not about fairness. So you, 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 are you accepting that it, that it is unfair to punish the workers who, who are, um, you know, some of them on a relatively low wage, to, to financially penalise them for just wanting to do their jobs and for you having to save money? Um, we would not want to be doing this if we could avoid it um, there has been no decision made as to uh, as to whether this will be implemented uh, we're still going through that consultation we're still at the end of that consultation need to put a, a set of recommendations down those recommendations will then go to to members um, I would say though um, and as you said uh, earlier this morning parking is a is a very mixed picture some organizations provide it free so Luton Dunstable Hospital, for example, Central Beds Council, for example. Um, other organisations don't. I was walking through Luton Town Centre last night and I talked to a, a young lady from Barclays. Barclays um, staff have to pay. If you work at the university, mm. you have to pay. So you know, parking is a mixed picture. So for me, it's not, not really a question of You say, you say it's, uh, th th this is up for discussion. What would it take for you not to do this? What if everybody comes out, if ever, all the workers come out and say, this is a terrible idea, why are you punishing us? We haven't done anything wrong. It's not our fault that there are cuts that are having to be made. W would that stop the plan? Um, well, that would, that would certainly um, make it clear to members, the, the views of staff. Um, but we're talking about 1,000 staff of our 3,000 that are going to be affected by parking. So we've got 3,000 members of staff currently, and that's a, a lot less than we used to have four years ago. We were up around 3,870, which gives you a measure of how, um, how much harder our staff are working. Um, I go back to the fact that they, they are a brilliant workforce. Um, but we're talking about 1,000 of our 3,000 members of staff. OK. Have, and have any of them said... Uh, Robin, this is a great idea. No, th you should push this through. This is a cracking idea. Uh, we have got a, a a good number of responses that are positive. What's the percentage? To the changes. Well, obviously, the consultation's still ongoing, so I can't give you a, a percentage today. If you invite me back 
uh, in the, the middle of September, Definitely, then I'll, yeah. I'll be able to do the that. The invitation is open already. Wonderful. Don't think we have a beef with the busway at all. We, we like the busway. We like the principal. We don't like the idiots that drive up it. And the fact that some of the, the neighbours are upset by the noise. We have no beef with the busway at all. So don't, I don't take, get that notion out of okay. your head, Robin. That's, that's good. Robin, nice to see you. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Robin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, come in and talk about the busway at some point. We'll talk about that. Wowzers. Uh, right, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let me just say the last 30 seconds of my life has been far more enlightening than uh, the last couple of hours. 08459 455 555. Little discussion there about the busway. Okay. They think we have a beef with it. Oh, we haven't at all. I know, and I tried to explain that, you, uh, but you keep covering it. Yeah, we keep covering the complaints that, you know, if people are talking about something else and we cover that. <sighs> or Guado. Well, oh, anyway. Well, never mind. Look, we're, we're going to keep covering it if people keep complaining of course about we do. it. That's, because we a, want them to get it right the, and the, we want the, it to win. That's, that's the job that we have to do, really. If people have complaints, then we're going to listen to them. Anyway, Roman's going to come back in the middle of September, so that should uh, be something to look forward to, to discuss uh, the parking situation. Uh, can you give me a call on the parking? Because I don't know if 30 quid a month is excessive or is inaccessible. I don't know. I don't know. 08459 <laughs> Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment on the M1 heading southbound, there's been an accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. Still awaiting some recovery work to take place there. Um, there will be closing a lane, so do expect delays. Major roadworks continue on the Great North Road, just approaching the Black Cat roundabout, so building up in patches on the speed sensors. Queuing at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. The M25 itself looking very heavy, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And also taking a look in Borehamwood, rather slow moving on camera on the Barnet Bypass. That's heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. Stuart Broad says it's up to the other batsmen to take advantage of the good wicket. We've got one job and that's to bat very big on that and, and we've seen there's a danger period when the ball's quite hard and it starts to reverse that we'll have to get through but once the ball's 40 overs old if you get forward there's not a lot the seamers can do. Brazilian striker Neymar says the challenge that ended his World Cup was just two centimetres away from leaving him paralysed. Meanwhile Arsenal have signed the Barcelona and Chile striker Alexis Sanchez for around £35 million. Luton lost 2-0 to a Portuguese second division side in a training game at their Portugal training camp. Wickham beat Maidenhead 3-0 in a behind closed doors friendly with goals from Sam Wood, Paris Cowan Hall and a trialist striker. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow. Stevenage are at home to West Ham. Three o'clock kick-off at the Lamex Stadium. Wickham go to Chessant with a one o'clock start. Watford continue their friendlies on their pre-season trip to Austria. A course record seven under past 64 from Rory McIlroy has given him a one-shot lead after the first round of the Scottish Open. Buckinghamshire duo Luke Donald and Terrell Hatton carded 67 and 69 respectively. And Harvard's Tom Lewis carded a 70 after his first ever hole-in-one. I had a couple of opportunities to win a car and um, it wasn't quite quite happening. And um, I don't know, just something inside just thought thought to myself, you know, I've got I've got a chance here to uh, to have a hole-in-one at some point coming up this year. And obviously, it happened. It's not a car. It's a nice bottle of champagne. Yeah, I know. I'm going to struggle to get it on uh, on British Airways on the way back, but it's uh, it's, it's just nice to have. And uh, I'll keep the ball, and it can go. Uh, it can keep stay with me forever. Tom Lewis with Nick Dye. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. No one's called in about the parking, which makes me think the 30 quid isn't that excessive. Maybe not. Maybe it's not. I don't. We're not saying it is, are we? I'm not saying it is. I I am saying I don't know on this one. Quite often when I do this show, I know, I know the answer. I know what I think. I know my thoughts. And this one, I don't know. I don't know why people would be narked if they've not been paying for twelve years and suddenly it comes in. I can see why they would ask questions. We're we're moving to a place where we've got pay. I'm narked. You know, but that's not. But I don't. I don't know. I'm slightly out of touch with the real world on this one, which is why I'm not. You know, kind of kicking off one way or the other. Because I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I do I think it's fair to um, to penalise workers because uh, savings having to be made? I don't think that's necessarily fair. I don't think the reasoning is necessarily fair. And you can see why it's a, it's a sore point after they've not had a pay rise for three years. Yeah, I can understand that. I, 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 I think it's unfair to... Uh, I'm going to sound like a right old commie now. I'm going to sound like Steve, aren't I? Uh, I think it's unfair to punish the workers... Um, because the council has to save money. But fair play to Robin for coming out and saying that that, that was one of the main reasons, for, that was one of the two reasons for doing it, because they've got to make money. What's your name? So that's, you know, he was honest there. He could have he could have uh, uh, hidden behind uh, words. Yeah. Is that no. saying? It anyway. is now. It was good that he came in to talk to us about it as well, because we've been missing Newtonborough Council. Yeah, good. Well, he'll be, be back in the middle of September, so we can good. talk about it then, and maybe we can speak about the busway then, because we'll have, we'll have found out more about whether the, uh, the noise, is, the noise uh, levels have reduced or not. Mm-hmm. Um, who have we got on the line, Kels? What's his name? 
Oh, no, he's, he's gone to answer phone. <laughs> oh, no! John, hang up your phone. John, hang up your phone, John, man. John, come on. John, for goodness sakes, hang up your phone. Hey, tomorrow, Daily Daily Mail, you get this glo- free with tomorrow's mail. So I'm assuming that means oh, it comes in it. This glorious replica of the famous World War I King's shilling. Ooh. Oh, hang on, pick it up at WH Smith's, Morrison's and McCall's. And that John's case. there. John who? John on Fader 1. John? Hello. Oh, hello, John, you're right. Yeah, not bad, thank you. What you got for us? Uh, well, basically, my wife, I don't pay for parking. Um, I'm lucky enough to, to um, have a car park at my work. But my wife uh, used to have to pay. She's a police officer at Luton uh, Police Station. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, they don't have enough parking for all their staff that work there. Um, so she, she used to live there. She was lucky enough to have somebody that... Uh, worked or lived close by that worked at the same station. Yeah. Um, so they lift shared and they paid about £30 a month between them uh, for car parking. But um, the other lady she worked with um, uh, no longer works at that station, which means that oh. uh, my wife, what she's doing now is rather than paying the £30 a month, she's actually getting the train. Uh, they get free uh, uh, train travel ah. within the kind of Thames link. So, That's not bad. Uh, no, it's not bad at all. Uh, but what it means is that she's got now a 15-minute walk uh, from where she parks in Flitwick um, uh, to uh, the train station and then a 15-minute walk from Luton. Healthy. Uh, good, good. Healthy, John. She's going to have yeah, great buns. Exactly, and it's saving us loads of money. It, 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 30 quid a month. I honestly don't know, John. I'm not being flipped. Is 30 quid a month parking, is that excessive, do you think? Or is that about right? Or is that a bar? I don't... What, what do you think? I think it's about right. I mean, there's not much parking around in the Luton area, um, you know, so it, it's quite a congested area, yep. you know, it saves uh, the hassle of, uh, you know, spending half an hour in traffic trying to get out of Luton and whatever else. So I think £30 is about right, to be honest. I, 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 part of me thinks that this is going to be a, a, a growing problem, particularly in terms of, of numbers of parking spaces. I don't think any place has got more parking spaces than it, than it needs. And maybe we need to rethink our attitudes to travel. John, and do what your missus has done and ditch the car a bit. Easy for her because she's obviously getting free travel, but maybe we need to rethink our attitude toward cars. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And maybe offering employees some sort of incentive by saying, you know, we'll give you a a, a voucher for train travel or whatever else is, is, is the way forward, really. John, thank you very much. Maybe that's it. You know, maybe we need to rethink our... I, I can't do it, because I'm, I'm a celebrity. I can't travel on public transport. No, because I come in at... Sorry? Hmm? What, what I, happens if you travel on public um, transport? Oh, man, it's just... You, you know what you could do, though? What? You get eggs. Come to my house in the morning, park what? at mine, and then I can drive you. We can swing by for Kelly. Justin can sort himself out. Job As done. he often does. But you, you come in earlier than me, and you live further away. No, so, I don't. Do you live nearer? I, yeah. But you live... You get I up live at, 20 minutes away. North or south? North. Well, that's further away from me. Okay, so, so I would have to get I would have to get to your house earlier than I would probably be getting up. Okay, and it's further away. So, but you won't have to pay to park. The or thing is, I wouldn't have to pay to park to start with, and then after about three months, you'd say, "Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's ten pounds a week to park on my drive." How do you know that was my plan? Yeah, because I'm not stupid. Or you could get up at your normal time, swing by and pick me up, and then you can pay for the parking, and I won't. Or I could come in later, which I'm really willing to do. I'm texting uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes, who's in Bristol. What are you going to say? You know, just tell him what's going on and stuff. <laughs> you two are getting right on my... Um, what's the phrase? Nerves. OK. You know nerves? Yeah. Are they actually, like... I imagine them to be uh, 
thin strands of like black cotton, slightly thicker oh, than I cotton. Oh, I imagined red. I imagined red what, what cotton. Catherine, do you, Catherine, what colour do you imagine nerves to be? Uh, bluish. Bluish black. And I imagined them to be thicker than cotton. With yeah, thicker than cotton. More like yeah. thin, thin spaghetti. With sparks yes. on the end. No, well, maybe there's sparks. I don't I know. Sparks on I think there's sparks on the brain end. Mm. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't work. Like, you know when you're taking that you know, plug, uh, part of plug and you've got that wire that frays you the You must... End? There must be... Right, if that... We had that genius, Steve, right, from Cambridge on, who made a machine that can keep a liver alive and make it grow. We must be able to make a brain function. A dead brain function. We must be able to... Yeah, I've seen a documentary about that. That, wasn't, that was Young Frankenstein. It's not a documentary. <laughs> no. It's talking. There must, be, there must be a way. This is serious. There must be... There must be a way of plugging a brain in and making it work. Yeah, what for, though? Most brains aren't worth it, are they? Just for the sheer pleasure of doing it. Yeah, because you could plug that brain on to something else. Like, you could put our human speak and brain speak and onto a dog. Yeah. There must be. You cannot tell me there are not um, uh, crazy Nazi scientists or Americans or the Chinese. You're telling me the Chinese haven't got a brain working in the laboratory? The Russians love that stuff. The Russia, I, bet the Russians and the, I bet the Russians and the Chinese have got a brain each and they're communicating telepathically. I bet they have. Wow. Definitely. Ramesh, they must have, mustn't they? Hello, good morning. Are you sir. telling me, Ramesh, right? Yeah. The Chinese and the Russians haven't got brains that are working independently of a body. They're plugged into some power source and they're... they're you're telling me that hasn't happened? I don't know, my, I wouldn't... I won't get a clue. Yeah, exactly. They don't want you to have a clue. Yeah. I'm telling you, and this is the official line from the BBC, breaking news, China have got a working brain in a box. OK, good, to, good luck to them. Good luck to the Chinese. Yeah, what have you got okay, for us, Ramesh? No, I just want to say, you know, why the poor, poor public always got to suffer? For the government or the local councils, all wrongdoing, they're wasting the money here and there, and the poor pub worker or the public, we got to suffer. Why is that all the time? Why are you, why are you suffering, Ramesh? No, I mean, this, this parking charges now. Oh, the parking charges? Yeah. Um, do you not... £30 a month parking... Yes. Doesn't sound a lot to me. Well, it does to some of them. My wife, she worked for one of the centres there. She only worked three days, 18 hours a week. Yeah? Yeah. And she got to pay £30 on top of that. She only come over £500 a month. So you take £30 off, what's left there? They, they, can, they can afford to waste £90 million on the busway, yeah? The <laughs> Don't mention the busway! The white, the white, white elephant... And they 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 got to penalise the workforce mm. for their own wrongdoing. That's not only it. Ramesh, thank you very much for your call. I appreciate your time. Uh, 08459 Is it fair? And I genuinely don't know. I'm not trying to steer you one way or t'other. Is it fair to charge council workers £30 a month when for the past 10 years they haven't paid any money at all to park? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Joyce. Hello. Did you hear about the Chinese? <laughs> yes, in the box. They've got, in the box. <laughs> they've got a brain inequality street tin. <laughs> that would be lovely. Would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, just a quick one about the fares. Once you start paying for anything, like we're having to start to pay for disability, something transport. Once they start, it goes up and up and up. And anyway, coming on to what I rang in about. Yes. Was that you know you have these new knees and things like that when you're getting older or whatever. 
remember? Oh, yeah, the new, the new knees. Yeah, well, the cartilage in the middle wears away, so the knee bones grate against each other. That's why we have to have a new knee. On hearing this thing in uh, America, they take some of the cartilage out of your knee, grow it in the lab, and put it back in your knee. That avoids having a new knee. When I did ring up the hospital, because I've got one new knee and the other one's on the, bl- on the blink. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I what know. Have done, what have you done to your knees, Joyce? Well, Doing a lot of kneeling down, is it? No. I looked... Uh, no, I, I mustn't say. I looked after Sorry. my mum 12 years in a wheelchair and I was pushing and walking. Yeah. And when I couldn't drive anymore, I was walking up to my mum's twice a day. That was four journeys a day. And I do it all over again. Yeah. You know the thing, don't you? Yeah. But anyway, they don't do it in England. When I rang the hospital, no, they don't do it in England. Mm. Now, to prevent having new knees and things, why can't they do that? Take some of that cartilage out and, re- and grow some of it and put it back in again. Like mm. a cushion pad in your knee. <laughs> No, we haven't done it in England. So where do they do it then? In America. Oh, America's the, the, the America is the bit. It would cost you like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the problem. You see. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, you know, to prevent having a whole new knee and a, a big op and everything else, uh, you'd think it would be easier to take that out, wouldn't you? To get kicked in your knee or hitting your knee with a with a rounders bat yeah. is the most painful. Or, or bash it on a table is more likely to happen. Is the most painful thing that can happen to anyone. It's even and Joyce, I'm going to use uh, fruity language. Oh dear. It's even more painful than a kick to the ghoulies. Oh, I don't know what on earth they are. No, Joyce, it's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> Joyce, thank Bye. you very much. Have a nice weekend. It's true, it's the most painful thing. You bash your... Ladies, you bash your knee on a table. That is more painful than anything a gentleman can experience. Oh, a gentleman, right, OK. Yeah, oh, don't Low give level. me, the, the, don't give me the, 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 the birth thing again. Hey, listen, I've got two medals for that, so uh, I'm going to use them. Duh, we didn't get any medals. We've just got two really naughty, irritating children. Lisa, what if I... The medal are in the post, aren't they? I don't. I, they've probably opened the medals and chucked them away like they've done with all of my mail. I got like loads of uh, red bills the other day. I always pay my bills, boom, you know, a couple of months after they come. And I got loads of red bills. Well, I'm not seeing these bills. The boys have just chucked them away. Oh. They chuck away the red little cards from the postman saying, We tried to deliver this. It's a, so, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. No, I don't want to see your bits. Lisa's in Bedford. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Is it fair to charge workers £30 a month to park their cars? I would love to pay £30 a month to park my car. Oh. I, I work in Bedford. I park in a, a multi-storey car park and it costs me £80 a month. Oh, really? Yes, and I've tried to look at alternative ways to get into Bedford, but because I live out in the countryside, the buses don't run early enough for me to get into Bedford to be in work on time. So I have to grin and bear it, unfortunately. So you're spending over 900 quid a year? Oh, don't. On parking? <laughs> That must yes. be gutting. Oh, it is. On minimum wage as well. So, d- d- you have very little sympathy then for these, these uh, council workers who are b- being asked to pay £30 a month? I, like I said, I would love to pay £30 a month. I don't see what the problem is. If they've got to pay £30 a month, they've got to pay £30 a month. I mean, like I said, I have to pay £80 a month. On minimum wage. Is there not... Because uh, uh, you get all these things online, don't you, where people rent out their driveways. Have you looked yeah. into that? Yeah, because I work. I start work at 8 o'clock yeah. and I finish work at 5 o'clock. Most people don't uh, are still work yeah. at home at that sort of time by yeah. the time I get to Bedford and that. So, no. <laughs> Lisa, uh, listen, uh, thank you. All right, well, there we go. We've got 80, uh, 80 pounds a month parking in Bedford. 
Suddenly, 30 quid a month doesn't sound so bad. 08459 455 555. Is it fair to charge workers who previously had free parking £30 a month parking? Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up on the Great North Road, heading towards the Black Cat roundabout and those major roadworks that are taking place there. The M1 heading southbound. An accident happened earlier on between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. So do expect delays there. Take some recovery works are going to be taking place. Queuing at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. The M25 looking very slow, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And in North Watford, looking rather slow on the A4. 41, the North Western Avenue, just around St Albans Road. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. 7.46, it's a Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. Uh, coming up, oh, we'll speak to Glennon Leighton Buzzard in a minute about pain. But before that, let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. We do have some rain tracking towards the west. So if you're in Buckinghamshire right now and it's still dry, although it is starting to rain actually uh, just towards Aylesbury, but in Wickham it's still dry. It won't be dry for much longer. We've got the rain heading towards us from the east. If you're in uh, yeah, Hertfordshire or Bedfordshire, you've had that rain. You've got some heavy bursts around, particularly in Bedford at the moment. So Milton Keynes also got some heavy bursts right now. Uh, but it is dying away all the time as we go through this morning. So cater for rain... Uh, through this morning, eventually starting to clear up later this morning and drying out by this afternoon. We'll still keep quite a bit of cloud around across the three counties this afternoon, but a top temperature anyway of 21 Celsius, 70 in Fahrenheit. And then overnight tonight, temperatures staying in double figures, uh, a certainly muggy night. Tomorrow we start with a lot of cloud, but brightening up as we go through the day and a top temperature in the best of that, 24 or 25 Celsius, 77 in Fahrenheit, staying dry until the evening, but then we do have some showers to to, uh, make the way towards us from the west tomorrow evening. It could be pretty lively as well from the middle part of the evening onwards and they clear to give us uh, a legacy of some showers around first thing on Sunday. But in the meantime, Katie Ferrain for this morning. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person to sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Right, so we've got some emails on parking charges. Mixed opinions here. Ken in Redbourne says, The problem with establishing the principle of charging employees to park is that once it's been brought in, the charges will be raised every time the council needs to make a bit more money. Uh, Stephen in Milton Keynes says, Some years ago I applied for a job at the Leicester City Council. I lived over 15 miles from the city centre and had no option but to drive. I asked about parking at the interview to see what help they gave. I was told quite definitely that the council do not actively encourage cars and driving and want people to use public transport. For me, they would have expected me to do a park and ride, which did not suit me at all. If I'd have taken that job, then... Oh, blimey. Then the parking would now be costing me more than 30 quid a week! A week! And Jill's having a little bit of problem with her maths this morning. Jill, don't worry. No. Did you enjoy Monty Python, Jill? I know you were going. You told me not to mention it on air because you didn't want any spoilers. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what you got for me? Pain. Yeah, go on. Something worse than knocking your knee on a desk. Go on, go on. And, and as I said to Catherine, it only affects men. Uh, when I was a young lad, we used to knock about on old racer bikes. And, and, and you know what? You get up off the saddle and you start to pedal up a hill and then the chain slips. Yep, 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 yep. And you drop on the crossbar. You drop on the crossbar, yeah. Uh, see, I would say... I would say that the, the knee was... Wor- I mean, that's bad. That's bad. You get kind of... You have a moment, don't you, Glenn? And this is for gentlemen. You have a moment... You can you rub, th- you, yeah, but you can rub the knee... <laughs> Glenn, please. Right. No, but you can rub the you knee. Don't to, you don't need to finish the that pain, thought. The pain, I know, but the pain is horrendous. You have a moment with that minutes. pain, don't you? You have a moment where you, yeah. you, you have a, like three seconds, you think, oh, oh, I got away with it. It's not, and then, and then it, it comes. Then it comes in the sweat. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, I would say is, is, is a worse pain than that, okay? And I'm really sorry, we're, we're going below the belt. There's sorry a scene, that. isn't there, in um, something about Mary. Yeah. The scene where he gets um, caught in his zip. <laughs> now, I have caught myself in my zip more times than I care to imagine. And that is... That is and what's, what's, more, what's even worse about that? It's like a torture, because you're stuck there, and you yeah. know that at some point you've got to yank that zip down. Yeah. And it's even worse going back because you've already got the pain. Yeah, exactly. Glenn, thank you very much indeed. Like, we'll, 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 hopefully that's um, not been too awkward for you, dear listener. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get, get raise it above the, uh, the waistline if we can. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come to the guests in a second and quickly some of these texts. Uh, it's six pounds, a day, uh, six pounds a day at a station to park, says Claire in Houghton Regis. Uh, Lisa should use the Bedford Park and Ride. Park for free and the weekly ticket's about 15 quid. Uh, morning, morning crew. Says bus driver Jay, I think Luton Council should take a leaf out of Bedford Council, build a park and ride system that made a big difference with parking parking in Bedford and Wood in Luton. Also, the busway is a great bus system. And Lisa says, I pay £400 a month petrol to get to work. If I had to pay parking as well, I would not afford to live. Is it fair to charge council workers who've previously paid nothing £30 a month? to park their cars 08459 455 555 now a Houghton Regis man has been told uh, has told us sorry he's devastated after being banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden the trouble is we're not talking fat balls or the odd crust Clifford John Coots has been leaving trays of bread pork pies and raw sausages on his truck. Do birds eat pork pies? I don't think even humans, apart from my mum, eat pork pies. Residents complained to the council, and three years later, he's been issued with a court order. Well, one of those who expressed concern was Ron Carruthers. Everybody up here feeds birds, but we don't throw out sausages, raw meat. We've had rats up here. We get the foxes here at night. Now, and the pigeons, 
you know, you can have 20 or 30 out on the roof at the back. You can't see that from the front, right? And this is what we, this is what the council came up about. They saw it for themselves. They've taken photographs. At the end of the day, you don't go back to court twice unless you're doing something wrong, do you? You know, it's not a question of not feeding the birds. It's what you're feeding them and what you're attracting them. And then when the council have been up and had a go at him, he sort of throws it and conceals it, but the birds still find it, you know? And then if you, whether you go to bed late or not, stuff out there in the morning, you know something else has been round here other than birds. His attitude is, I can do what I like on my property. Now, whether that means he can carry on, I mean, he's looking for, to me, he's looking for a sympathy vote. Well, he ain't going to get it from anybody up here. Do lots of people feel like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the guy... Isn't there a danger that you're just all ganging up on him? No, I don't think so, because there's a lot of people agree, but they haven't made any complaints. But, like, winter months, we get seagulls. Now, (laughs) you know, they're not... uh, they're not little bits like that with a seagull there, you know what I mean? And that's all over your car. Well, listening to that is Ben Andrew, a wildlife advisor for the RSPB in Sandy. Morning, Ben. Morning, Ian. Pork pies and sausages. That can't be <laughs> yeah. right, can it? Uh, it's it's not sort of standard um, practice for feeding birds, no, and it's not our advice really either, no. I'm what, afraid not. What kind of things should be left out for birds? Um, well, you know, the, the, the sort of standard food, really. We're talking, um, you know, peanuts, um, bird seed, as you say, fat balls, things like that. I mean, the odd kitchen scrap is okay, but, um, you know, mountains of food and the wrong types of food is a big no-no. Uh, have I got this right? We shouldn't even be, even be feeding birds in the summer, should we? Uh, well, actually, we, we recommend you do feed birds all year round. And, and the reason for that is that there can be natural shortages of food even during the summer months. So, yes, birds really at this time of year should be finding sort of worms, caterpillars and other insects and things like that. But, um, you know, in, in sort of bad days like today in, in, a, in Bedfordshire, you know, it's sort of rainy, it's drizzly, it's, it's a bit cold, there might be a lack of insect food. And so the food, the food we put out in our garden might be important to those birds. It might get them through a bad day or something like that. So we don't recommend stop feeding altogether, but there is nothing wrong with sort of reducing your food in the summertime, putting less out, you know, and putting the right, as I said, the right types of food out. Can, can you get, this is going to sound silly, Ben, and I don't mean it to, this is a genuine question. Can you get yep. fat birds? <laughs> Can you get an obesity crisis in the bird's kingdom? Um, well, I'm not sure about I'm not sure about that, but um, I've never seen a fat bird. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they they're always on the go, aren't they? They're yeah. always moving, so they're always burning those carbs, yeah. I suppose. But uh, essentially, you know, you could get uh, you could get health problems in birds if they're, if right. they're getting the wrong kind of food. I suppose you know, sausages and pork pies every day for a for a pigeon is probably not a good diet. And do, do you often hear of, of issues, Ben, between neighbours who are upset that people are putting food out and that, that it's it's bringing other other animals and other creatures into their gardens unfortunately we do yeah. we do get the odd um, call about it we, we you know we don't want to discourage people we want people to you know give nature a home in their garden we want people to feed uh, wildlife in you know in, in their garden that, that's brilliant in, you know bringing nature closer to you but at the same time it's got to be responsible feeding it's got to be hygienic um you know and it's not got to cause sort of neighborly disputes you know mm. you've got to consider your neighbors as well yeah
Ben, final question. Uh, when I was yeah. a lad, I used to go and feed the ducks. We used to take a load of old stale bread and feed the ducks. Now, I've got two little boys, and one of the... If you've not done it for ages, go and feed the ducks. It's one of the most joyous experiences. I agree. But we, there are always... At the park and at the river and at the pond, there are always signs up now saying, do not feed them bread, feed them the official food that we sell here for a pound a bag. Now, right. is that a scam, or is, is feeding ducks bread bad? Okay, so there's nothing wrong with going and feeding the ducks. That's I, I agree with you. It's a uh, it's it's a one way of getting kids into nature. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely nothing wrong with going and feeding ducks um, a bit of bread every now and then. But what, what again? You don't want to encourage people to go down with sort of two two loaves right. and sort of chuck the whole lot out, and especially not sort of stale bread or anything okay. like that. So there's nothing wrong with a bit of bread, but um, uh, a bit of seed maybe as well. You can always bring your own. You don't have to buy the uh, yeah, you yeah. know the the extortionate priced food at, at the they're canny, those people. Ben, nice to talk to you. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much for coming on. Ben Andrew, Wildlife Advisor for the RSPB in Sandy. Uh, yeah, go and feed the ducks, man. It's the most fun. Not swans. Swans are flipping horrible. I hate swans. They're d- dirty things. We've got one pond where we live, yeah. and everyone goes to feed the ducks to yeah. the point where the ducks are ungrateful. Yeah. They look at us like, yeah, we've already eaten. Thanks very much. They what you got there? No yeah, cake? Bye-bye. This time of year, the, 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 the ducks are quite arrogant and quite snooty. They'll come have a little look. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I want something decent. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at rather slow at the moment on the Great North Road, approaching the Black Cat roundabout and the major roadworks taking place. The accident that happened earlier in the M1 heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. Just getting in that there will be a lane close, but it will take place after rush hour around 9 o'clock this morning, so expect delays then. The A1M heading southbound, slow moving around Junction 7 for the A602. And taking a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise on the speed sensors, very slow between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also queuing on the North Orbital Road just off the M at 25. There's no reported problems or delays on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. We've had a couple of really interesting texts about pain. Uh, yeah, mm, one of them is, it, I warn you now, it's the most horrific story, maybe for gentlemen, the most horrific story you're ever going to hear. I have warned you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton Mum criticises care home closures. Milton Keynes pensioner loses appeal after killing terminally ill husband and Bedfordshire man banned from feeding the birds. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has highlighted the case of a woman in the town whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. Grace Holmes told this programme the charity wasn't providing any explanation. I would like to ask them, can they sleep at night? Because the residents and the the parents can't sleep at night on what they're doing. I think it's absolutely disgusting what they're doing. We have had meetings with them, which have been a waste of time. 
because you don't get a direct answer from them. But the Care Minister, Norman Lamb, told the Commons care home closures can't be avoided. There will be situations where homes do have to close or where the proprietors choose uh, to close those homes. We have to face this. What is most important is that any decision to close a home should be handled sensitively and appropriately. It's essential that person-centred care planning identifies the best alternative for, for each individual. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. 76-year-old Sheila Samford from Bancroft Park insisted that she killed her 83-year-old husband John out of mercy because he had just six months to live. She was jailed for life with a minimum of nine years in February after she admitted murder. That sentence has been upheld by three senior judges at London's Appeal Court who said it was not excessive. The government has been accused of leaving taxpayers out of pocket by as much as £1 billion because it sold Royal Mail too cheaply. MPs on the Business Select Committee say ministers underestimated the demand for shares. The government insists their views are based on hindsight. Hundreds of thousands more patients could be considered for weight loss surgery on the NHS as part of plans to tackle type 2 diabetes. The National Institute of Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, believes that making more people eligible for a gastric band or bypass would reduce debate complications associated with the disease. A man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. They claim Clifford John Coots left trays of bread, pork pies and raw meat in front of his garage on Dunstable Road. Mr Coots claims they're exaggerating, but neighbour Ron Carruthers says he's gone too far. Everybody up here feeds birds, but we don't throw out sausages, raw meat. We've had rats up here. We get the foxes here at night. His attitude is, I can do what I like on my property. Now, whether that means he can carry on... I mean, he's looking for, to me, he's looking for a sympathy vote. In sport, the pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. The weather, a cloudy and damp start with outbreaks of rain continuing. Drier and brighter this afternoon, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The multiculturalism, if you embrace it, is good. It's all about where you live. It's a lovely, open, community-minded area. Got our community garden here that's flourishing. And all this week, we're featuring Fishermead. You say good morning to them, you say goodbye to them, but you don't know them. And that's nice. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about, including well, the closure of a residential care home. And uh, we'll be finding out from Gavin Shuka and indeed Scope, who are responsible for them, exactly what's going on. And is it unfair for a council to start charging their workers 30 quid a month to park? They haven't been park- paying to park before. I suspect it's quite cheap. And we're talking about, for some reason, the most painful thing that's ever happened to you. I've got two texts coming in, each equally more painful than the last. 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
a Luton mum is urging Scope to change its mind about closing her son's care home. Grace Holmes, who was on the show about an hour ago, is concerned her son Robert could be moved miles away if the disability charity presses ahead with its plans for Hampton House in Northamptonshire. Uh, he's uh, 39, he's been there for 18 years, and Grace says her son is so worried uh, that he's ended up in hospital a few times. Uh, Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has taken up her case, joins me in the studio now. Why are Scope closing this, and I think seven other residential homes as well? That's right, they're going to close uh, eight in total right. and modify three more. I actually met Grace on the doorstep. I go out every Saturday, knock on doors. Uh, she told me this story. I couldn't really believe it at first. Mm. You know, you fight so long to find a decent placement for your child if they're severely disabled. And if you think you're going to lose it, it's obviously a oh, really she's, scary She's very experience. upset. We spoke to her this morning. She's obviously very upset and worried about her boy, you know. Absolutely. And Robert, her son, of course, is equally upset. Yeah. Uh, he's part of a community there with 24 other people, carers, staff and otherwise. And now it looks like Scope is going to close that home. Now, if I, heaven forbid, suffered a serious disability, I'd want to stay at home for as long as possible, surrounded by my family and friends. I I would imagine that most listeners would want to do that. But Mm. 20 or 30 years ago, uh, to some extent, the only option was to go into a residential care home. Mm. We face a real problem, therefore, in the care system. It's what I raised in Parliament yesterday. What do you do with people for whom actually it's their homes that are going to be closed? It's all fine to talk about choice uh, for disabled people, and we want that. Uh, but these people are having their choice of living in their own homes taken away because mm. these residential settings are their homes. You mentioned it in Parliament. Uh, we, we, we've uh, got the Minister's response. Have a listen to this. This is what happened yesterday. There will be situations where homes do have to close or where the proprietors choose uh, to close those homes. We have to face this. What is most important is that any decision to close a home should be handled sensitively and appropriately. It's essential that person-centred care planning identifies the best alternative for, for each individual. He's basically saying tough. That's, that's what I'm hearing. He is. His response wasn't good enough, to be frank. Uh, and I approached it in a very open way. You know, this isn't an easy problem to solve. But what I did actually call for was safeguards. So, for example, if, mm. uh, if your landlord was going to say to you, I'm going to chuck you out uh, and shut down the home in which you live, you would have certain rights. You're a tenant. Mm. These people are basically clients of a business. Yeah, yeah. In Scope's case, they've made a business case that says... They don't want to keep these homes open, and therefore, if you're a resident, tough. Now, that strikes me as completely the wrong wrong way round. And there was no acceptance from the Minister, Norman Lamb, that actually he was going to give any ground on that. So is this purely a financial decision from Scope, then? They're saying we can't afford it, well, we need to make cutbacks, and unfortunately, these eight homes are going to be... That's what we're going to do, we're going to get rid of them. Scope say that uh, they are moving from a system whereby... People out of choice will want to live uh, in residential settings back to a choice where people want to live in their own homes or assisted living. Or It doesn't work otherwise. like that all the time, though. And the reality is that that will be true for some uh, profoundly disabled people, but for many others, mm. actually, that isn't an option. Now, Scope could obviously say, well, there are other providers, but we're seeing this trend happen in other uh, organisations as well. So there's a big question, actually, for government and for broader society. What are we going to do um, uh, if the providers that are there are withdrawing from this space? What can be done? Because my mum's in a care home. She's 64. She'll be 64 this year. Uh, and she's in it because she's got MS and she's very severely disabled. Mm. Uh, and um, we looked at all other options. If that place closed down, if the home she's in closed down in Buckinghamshire, mm. um, 
she couldn't come and live with us. We, I wouldn't be able to look after because of the amount of care that she needs. Uh, there are other care homes available. Some of them are rubbish. She's l- lucky to be in a really yeah. nice one. What, 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 what do you do? And I suppose, again, it does come down to cost, doesn't it? Because there mm. are people getting older who need residential homes. There are disabled people like my mum, uh, like this, this uh, fella here. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, Robert, it's, it's a lot of money to cover all these people for the government to take on as a responsibility, isn't it? Absolutely, which is why you need the broader changes that all parties are signed up to about how you pay for care. But ultimately, and you make the point really well in, you know, you you fight for your children Mm. or for your parents or for your siblings to find a brilliant placement. Once you've found it, you are so loath to let it go. And the quality of care Mm. that the staff in these scope homes is providing is fantastic. Oh, I bet it is. There's no criticism of that. It's the management of scope who have taken this decision that they don't want this to be a part of it. Now, people like Grace, who you had on your show earlier, have said to me, we just feel that scope are focusing on young people. Absolutely, that's great. But there's a legacy of people that live for 20, 30, 40 years in these places. Mm. And they don't want to be put on the scrap heap. Mm. And I think in a just society, we need to raise up their voices. I suppose, just coming from scope, and we'll be speaking to scope later on, but coming from their point of view, they are a, they're a charity. Mm. Um, if they have to make cutbacks, as we know, a lot of charities are getting less and less money. If they have to make cutbacks... They don't, I mean, you could argue there's perhaps Ooh. a moral responsibility, but they, it, they are allowed to make these decisions, aren't they? They have to do, I guess, what is ultimately best for scope. Yeah, they, they do. Well, they have to do ultimately what's best for the people that they're established uh, to be in place there and represent. And they are a charity. Many of the families that I met yesterday during my debate in Parliament that travelled down, in some cases from Derbyshire or Essex and other areas... They were the ones that were running <laughs> uh, the fundraising for Scope. You know, yeah. th- there's an involvement uh, with these homes that goes more broadly. And and other MPs have raised questions around, well, if homes have been gifted to Scope and now they want to shut them down, mm. uh, that surely that raises broader questions about a charity's responsibility. What can you do next, Gavin? I, I would imagine that it's limited, isn't it, what you can achieve? Yeah, I mean, the the primary thing that an MP can obviously do is raise this in Parliament, and that's what we did for half an hour yesterday. I'd encourage anyone with interest in it to go and, and just look online to find the debate. It was a good debate, mm. um, but the response from the Minister was not good enough. Mm. Um, and actually, it was clear he had spoken to the Scopes chief executive he wasn't speaking to the families that were affected and therefore it is a very one-sided response so we'll respond to that on behalf of these families but it requires people to contact their MPs. There are many families going to be affected and this is going to be a bigger issue over the coming years as well. Okay, we're going to be speaking to Scope in about 10 minutes. Did you hear Grace when she was on an hour ago? Uh, I just caught the clip actually at the news. She loves you. Oh, she's lo- <laughs> she, she loves you. Lovely. She's she, lovely. She's very sweet. She sounds like a cracking mum and Robert is very lucky to have her as a mum and as I'm sure he realises. Uh, Gavin, thanks very much for coming in. 08459 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gavin Shuka there. Luton South MP. If you want to have your say on that, you're more than welcome to. 08459 455 555. You, David, come in. Yeah, why not? Why not? We can do this now. You're right. I was just uh, chatting to the MP in the corridor. Didn't realise you were doing a radio show. Yeah, Apologise. Yeah, when the red light's on, that means so am I. I thought that was uh, red light means carry on chatting to him. Uh, I'm sorry. Stop flirting with my guests. What's on your show today? Uh, the NHS today is going to sort you out if you're overweight. Oh. This yeah. is great. What they're basically saying now is eat as much as you like. Yeah. Just to balloon 
to 2030 stone come in, we'll spend 15 grand putting in a gastric band for Beautiful. you. It's a I'm good in. idea, I think. I'm in. Uh, this is according to NICE. The National Institute for Care and Excellence believes that making more people eligible for gastric band or bypass would uh, reduce uh, debilitating complications associated with diabetes. So, should there be free weight loss surgery on the NHS is my big question after nine this morning on 08459 What does your watch do? 555. It zaps you. It's very... It's, I just, it looks very military. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't know. Does it have any... Does it, does it's it have a cheapy. Really? Yeah, it's like just that. a cheapy. It's nice. It's very cheap. You upset anybody else today? <laughs> Heard you upset somebody earlier when I was driving in. What was going on there? Awkward. It was very awkward. Awkward. I liked it. I, uh, well, this, someone's tweeted me saying, that interview was uh, really awkward, but that's why I listened to you. <laughs> All right, thanks very much for the awkward interviews. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've still got a show to do. Oh, really? Yeah, you okay. can't, we can't sit around chatting. No, let's have a chat. I don't want to play another five stings in a row. Have a catch up. Get out. Okay. Flipping heck. By the way, here's a radio tip, dear listener. If you hear me play five stings, this is a sting. Right. Across. If you hear me play five of those in a row, there's something, something bad's going down. I did wonder. Yeah, something bad's going down. <laughs> something bad's. Right, we've got texts on, um, uh, on pain. Yes. Do the one about the, the, the nose hair first. <laughs> And then did the other, the, the, the nose hair is right, is, is yeah, do that one. I, I, I've got a counter to this one, but okay. Tony the spotty hairy man writes, Ian, the worst pain a person can suffer is a yellow-headed... By the way, um, happy breakfast, everyone. Yeah. The worst pain a person can suffer is a yellow-headed spot in the crease of the nose. Try squeezing that, it makes your eyes water. What about the long hair dangling out of the nose? Try pulling that out without that, tearing up. That is, that uh, is outrageous. Spot up the nose or in the ear. Oh, I like the ones in the ear. Ooh. Okay, How'd now, you get them? I've lost the other text. All right, hang on. This, is, this is, and I warn you now, gentlemen, this is just an horrific story. Hang on. What was the story? About the football player. I haven't got that. I haven't got it now. But, uh, I didn't have a football player one. Uh, maybe it was, was it an email then? Maybe it was an email. Uh, oh, no, here it is. It's, a, it's an email from Penn. Right. I do apologise. From Ken. Ken in Redbourne. Right. Most painful story I've ever heard. A rugby match. A guy had his leg dislocated. Ooh. That's not the painful bit. Really? So his leg has come out of his, his socket, right? The doctor present decided to put it in right there on the field. That's not the painful bit! As he did, there was an awful screen, so he's, he's clicking his leg back in. The guy's testicles have got caught up in the leg ball joint. Oh, God. oh! I haven't even got them and I'm wincing. So, they're in! That means to get those out, you've got to dislocate that leg again. You can't pop those things out. Ooh. You can't do that. You've got to dislocate that leg again. Morning! Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving on the Great North Road approaching the Black Cat roundabouts and those roadworks continuing there. The A1M's looking heavy around Junction 7 for the A602 and on the speed sensors the M25 heading anti-clockwise. Very slow moving between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also looking rather heavy on the North Orbital Road just at the Shell roundabout and on camera the Barnet Bypass is looking very slow moving between Stelling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. So far on the trains there's no reported problems or delays nicola richards bbc three counties radio nicola just bear with me a second mm. just doing something oh what's happening i've done it now thanks very much 
Sorry, I was, I was otherwise engaged. Right, it's 8.16. It's Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And a man from Houghton Regis has been banned from feeding birds and animals in his garden after his neighbours secured a court order. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. So we're talking about pain. What's the most painful thing you can experience? And Sue has posted on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee official, this is pain. And there is a video titled China, Stop the Cruel Dog and Cat Fur Trade. OK, when we're, yeah, we're talking about pain, pain in humans. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't specific enough. Yeah, I'm sure that's really painful. Uh, we're having a little bit of light-hearted bants about pain in humans. Uh, we talk about a man getting his testicles trapped in uh, his ball joint. But ball she, joints, there's an appropriate phrase. But she wins the moral high ground. She's, she's won the moral high ground. She's lost the human pain competition, though. And uh, so, so that's that. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about today, sir? What, what well, from the I, menu I, has I got you a, iry? I was a bit bewildered by, by when you were talking about a care home and uh, MS. Yes. Before, uh, uh, under the uh, any illness that was required nursing care. Yeah came under the National Health Service. Now, whether they've changed those rules... No, they haven't. But all they've done is there is... Uh, Peter, trust me, I've looked in this with uh, with leaguers and wise men. Uh, they don't class uh, the care that is required for MS as medical care. They require uh, they class it as social care. Hence, well, my mum has to pay the bill. Well, that's appalling. Tell, oh, uh, mate, tell me about it. I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I... I Outrageous. I live amongst a lot of older bowlers, uh, older people... In o- older bowlers? Yeah, people who play <laughs> Older, yes. uh, and there's lots of different sorts of things that yep. then, if in that case, would not come under nursing care, and that's ridiculous. Oh, listen, I, 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 I think it is awful, and my mum can do nothing for herself. She, she can, on, a, on a bad day, she can't even feed herself. It is MS is classed as... Uh, the, the, the requirements are not classed as medical care, they are classed as social care, oh. and it is, it is shocking, it is shameful, it is awful. Uh, uh, absolutely. I totally agree agree with you Ian because as far as uh, if someone as they're, they're losing it per because they've got an illness yep. now you can't disclaim that and if anyone is disclaiming that then they're lying they're lying because it's, it's an illness Peter what's the most painful thing you've ever experienced the most painful thing I ever experienced I actually headed a goalpost once <laughs> <laughs> What did you do that for, you plum? Because I dived to try to 
had a ball out of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter, I've got I, a marvellous uh, image of that. Thank you. <laughs> Speak to you later on. Have a nice weekend. He headed a goalpost. Uh, Sue is on the line. Morning, Sue. Oh, uh, morning. What would you like to say? Um, I was just going to make a few comments about Gavin Spooshuka's um, debate yesterday. Yeah, go on. Because um, I was actually there. Oh, um, OK. Unlike, there were very few MPs there, but it was, was a very good debate, and uh, Norman Lamb actually responded, as you'd expect him to, and it was like he was reading a script yeah. that the charity had written. Yeah. Um, the, these are really big issues, and they, they really are important for everybody, because anybody could have a child with disabilities, and when that person grows up, um, if they've got... Um, physical disabilities and learning disabilities and maybe autism as well they actually need proper residential care yeah people can live out in the community and they can have very very expensive and very good support packages but if they actually want the companionship of living in a in a friendly care home then that should be part of what's on offer and Charities actually provide this already are now closing them. Um, I've got experience because my sister lives in a, that kind of environment elsewhere in the country, and although I live in Bucks. And um, we've got to protect these places. And it seems to me that charities actually take public money. Um, the families are taxpayers. The families know what's good care. I suppose, Sue, though, if these, pl- if these charities, and we'll be speaking to Scope in a second, if these charities decide that they want to close it down and they give enough notice, as they have given you know, a lot of notice with this, this, this place, there's nothing we can do, is there? I mean, we can be outraged and we can consider the morals of it, but it's ultimately, I suppose, it's their decision. Well, I think you've got to ask what a charity's about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think if you ask the Charities Commission, charities are not supposed to bring the sector into disrepute. They're not supposed to damage beneficiaries. If you've got charitable beneficiaries, these people are beneficiaries of the charity. A charity shouldn't be giving them sleepless nights. Um, and, and actually, you know, if I came up to you and said, oh, you'd be much more included if you lived down the road, you know, you, where you live now, it's not on a bus route. It's not very kind of, you know, in with the rest of the community. You'd be better off moving. Mm. I mean, is that a really realistic thing to say to you? Well, why should it be for somebody that's got disabilities? So I, I could talk to you all morning. Keep, I can't because I've got a guest coming up. So keep listening because I, I think you'll find this interesting. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, Grace Holmes and her son, Robert. Uh, Robert's been living at Hampton House in Northamptonshire for 18 years. And she's worried that he could be moved miles away if Scope insists on shutting it down. We just spoke to the MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, who raised uh, Grace's concerns in the Commons last night. Robert Holmes is 39. I met his mother, Grace, two months ago when I was out door knocking in my constituency. She told me about the excellent quality of care that Robert, who has cerebral palsy, receives at Scopes Residential Home, Hampton House in Northampton. But she also told me of Scopes' proposals to close Hampton House. Well, that was uh, Gavin Shuker speaking in the Commons last night. Elliot Dunster joins me from Scope. Morning, Elliot. Why have you decided to close Hampton House and seven other places? Hi, and good morning. Um... Like many of our care homes, Hampton House was opened in the 60s and 70s. And last year, we reviewed all of our care homes. Um, and there were a number that we felt that we didn't believe were good enough for disabled people in 2014. They're large, 
residential care homes that feel very institutional and they lack privacy. Um, they've often got shared bathrooms and there's less and less demand for these types of care homes. Uh, in the next few years, it's likely that vacancies in these care homes will rise. Um, they may become financially unviable for Scope to run at that point in time where we'll have to make a much more rushed decision about their future rather, what, what than, makes you think a, that, rather than doing this carefully in the responsible what way. What makes, uh, makes you think that... that, that, that these spaces will become vacant because I know from experience that all care homes, that, that quite often there's a long waiting list for people to get in. Well, we've been working very closely... Is there with, a waiting list for Hampton House? We've been waki- wait, working very closely with um, local authorities, including uh, those of the residents and for Hampton House itself. Um, and, and they tell us that they want to move towards different kinds of services as well. And Is we there a waiting list for Hampton that. House? Um, there's a vac- vacancies at Hampton House, and we, we expect them to increase in the future. And you couldn't fill those vacancies? Um, I don't, I don't have the details of exactly the uh, contracts with the local authorities with me at the moment, so I can't answer But you know that, that there are people that would fill those vacancies. You know there are people that would need those spaces. I, f- I find it very surprising. I mean, I imagine there are vacancies there now, Elliot, because you're, you're planning on winding it down. There will be people who need those spaces, aren't, won't there? I think this is about what, what Scope is doing is about looking at the types of care that we believe disabled people should be expecting in 2000. Well, with the greatest respect, and we can come to that in a second, you, you, you did say that you expected in the next few years we that do. there would be vacancies there. Yeah. There are only vacancies there now because you're winding it down. There, there will be people who are desperate for, for, for those spaces. It's local. I mean, our, as Scope there? as an organisation, our relationship is with the local authority. So it's the local authority that we get our information from about who needs those. And the, the lo- are you saying that the local authority authority there are saying there are no people who um, could do with those those spaces they're saying they're saying to us that they are looking to place disabled people in in care settings that they believe are more suitable for the future and cheaper i don't know about that do you get any money from the council to, for, for the people who are residents there? We have contracts with the local authorities for um, for a number of residents what, what's the weekly what's the weekly rent that the council pay I'm afraid I don't, I don't know that. £700? £900? That's kind of about the average, isn't it? I'm really not sure about the details of the individual. And I know, and I know for a fact that, um, that several councils, I don't know about this one, but I know that Buckinghamshire County Council mm-hmm. are constantly negotiating every year with uh, care homes and residential homes yeah. to reduce the amount of money that they pay because they don't like... Pay. So uh, someone who's in there privately will have to pay more uh, and the council will reduce and negotiate the amount that they pay. So it, it's a financial decision, isn't it? The, the problems that you have raised are, are definitely problems with the wider care system, and it's something that Scope are working on. That's, that's, that's definitely true, and I think you're absolutely right. But in terms of this decision, as you said earlier, this is a decision for Scope, and we're not making it for financial reasons at the moment. What we're saying is, in the next few years, as vacancies rise, they may become unviable, and we'll have to make much more rushed decisions. It's actually about looking at the types of care that people are choosing, younger disabled people are choosing to live in in the future and making a responsible decision now. Uh, but what about those people? So, so where are they going to go? Well, we have, we've got experience in closing and changing a variety of, of care homes. Um, recently, we, we've closed a home near Oxford and we've worked with all the disabled people there um, and they've all found new ho- homes. They've got a, an agreed moving-in date. In, uh, in the same area or, or some distance away? I can't give the details of all the individuals, because that's, but because they, that's, it meets so they, their needs and preferences. So there could be some that are having to move a long way away from their family? Well, it would be wrong of us to make assumptions when this is uh, the consultation opens in January. We've always been okay. talking to families and October. Well, where would the people in Hampton House go then? Well, we, 
because the, the I can't say that now because the consultation doesn't start until January, and we've got. But like I said, we've got experience of of closing and changing our care homes, and from our experience, we know that families and residents choose a variety of different options, but, and it would but, be wrong of me to say that now. But Elliot, you know, you know, you setting. know that that a, a number of these people to get their needs met will have to t- go some distance away, and, and that's not fair. A, it's not fair to uh, to break up the communities that have developed within a care home because people, you know, develop friendships and they develop relationships, but also to then send some of them miles away. That's not fair, is it? That's not fair on them, and it's not fair on their families. No. And like I said, what we want to do is work really closely with each each resident, more importantly, and their families and the local authorities so that we can help them understand what the proposals mean for them, their options going forward. And we know that many of those residents will choose a variety of different options. For example... Well, for example, some may choose to live in other residential care homes. Others may choose to live with a group of uh, a group of friends in a in a perhaps a smaller setting. Other people m- may choose something completely different. There's, you know, so the way that social care works today, as the minister said yesterday in the debate in the House of Commons, it's not like the 60s and 70s. Is this just this horrible, horrible thing, where to save money, people who need specific medical and social care are encouraged? to move back in with their family? Um, I don't think so, no. I mean, I speak to a lot of disabled people who, who, you know, disabled people have fought for many, many years for the right to live independently and for the right to but live... But they, all, they, they can't. I mean, for example, Robert can't. He can't live independently. And his mum can't look after him. She's 78 no, years absolutely. old. I mean... I need to be clear about living what living independently looks like as well. That doesn't mean someone lives on their own, and it doesn't mean someone lives without care. It's just, you know, we need to make sure that these disabled people um, have the types of care that meets their needs in a, in a way that we believe is good enough for disabled people in 2014. But there are some people, Elliot, and, you, and you, you know, yeah, of course, if, if disabled people can live independently, then fantastic, then of course they should. But there are some disabled people, Robert included, who are incapable of living independently. What happens to them and where do they go? Well, absolutely no one will be forced to live on their own. That's absolutely not the case. That, that and I'm not suggesting that. What own. will happen to Robert and where will he go? Well, and people like him. Th- We've got a consultation that opens in January, and as part of that com- consultation, we will be working with with Robert. It's and closing and next month. June, isn't it? That uh, the proposals currently say that's true. So yes. that, that's a, that, why why are you not having a consultation now? You've got eleven months to try and sort this out. Why are you leaving it to, to you know with five six months to go? Well, we've got lots of experience in 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 doing in making these changes, and if we if we were to open the consultation earlier, it's likely that it would be more difficult to find to have those conversations with the local no, authorities. Surely that would make it easier because there are Robert has been very ill. His mother is t- is, is worried and is incredibly upset. She was on yeah. tears on the phone to me. Surely by by having a consultation a year in advance you are giving these people choices you are allowing these people some peace and the ability to make more rational thought out choices absolutely and that's why we've been speaking to residents at Hampton House since October last year when the consultations were announced we've held many meetings with families you're having a consultation 15 months after you announced them that seems crazy, Elliot, and seems a little unfair on the I residents think, and the families. Well, I mean, I think there is the consultation process is part of the formal thing that we, as an organisation doing this responsibly, need to do well with the local authority as well. And what, what we what we want to do now is we've been doing that, having that process ongoing since we very first announced these 
these um, these proposals. And our chief executive has been to Hampton House. He's met and spoken to all the residents and families a number of on a number of occasions. And we are very, very, you know, very, very committed to doing this in the right, responsible way, as the minister outlined in the house yesterday, and also as Gavin Shuker rightly said earlier on your interview this morning. How uh, many places are there in Northamptonshire that could um, cope with uh, Robert's needs? I don't have all the information about the uh, about, Gosh. about the wider stuff. So you don't you don't know the kind of options that might be available to him. It, the That's pretty will, worrying, isn't it? Well, I don't personally, but the the local authority and the uh, and the so, local. So authority you're just pushing them onto you're just pushing them onto the local council. We're not pushing him onto the local uh, onto the council at all. We're working with him and for other residents. But you don't know what options you don't know what alternative um, residences there are for him. We need to work through the official proposals and the official consultation. Oh, Elliot, with that's, the listen, authority. as someone who's got a relative in a care home, I understand. that sounds really cold, mate. That sounds really, really cold. It's all well and good you're coming out with your jargon. These are people's lives. These are families. These are people who are the most vulnerable. And you don't know, you don't know how many homes are, are available in Northamptonshire that could cope with someone who's severely disabled. And you, you, you've not made any suggestions as to where he could go. It would be wrong of me to make those suggestions when the consultation... The, these no, it wouldn't, Elliot. It, it would be would. human of you. It would be no. humane of you to do that. She's, his mum is 78 years old. Do you know what? She could be dead by the time you get to your consultation. She's not getting any sleep. She's ill. Robert's been in hospital. And I, I completely understand the situation, and we really... Then do why don't you draw... Why, does, why doesn't Scope draw, draw up a list of potential places? Because, as you know, these places in these residential care homes are really sought after, and despite what the local authorities may or may not have said, there is a huge queue to get in these places. You only get in if someone moves or if someone dies. That's pretty much it. So why haven't you drawn up a list of places that are in the vic- local vicinity and then given them to Grace and said, look, these, these are your options. There's, there's six that we think would be quite good for him that, that could cover his basic needs. Why hasn't Scope done something like that? Or is that not your responsibility? That's not my personal responsibility. Scope's uh, responsibility. as an organisation and we are working with residents and families. I really do understand the situation. You need Grace to get on a waiting list. We, uh, you need to put your name on a waiting list. Sometimes Sometimes a year in advance before a space comes up. The local, uh, the local authorities are telling us as well that they need to look at, um, they need, they need to look at how they are providing care for disabled people in the future. And what they're telling us is places like Hampton House that are very old-fashioned and have a very institutional feel will not be the types of services that younger disabled people are choosing to live in. And that's certainly what younger disabled people are telling us. It would be wrong of us to do this in a rushed way. No, exactly. And we need to do it responsibly. But then now. you've got a year, you've got eleven months before you're planning on turfing these people out. I cannot understand. Why scope have not sat down with the residents who are capable of having these discussions, we have sat and down also with no, with, and also with their family members, and given them a list of alternative places they might like to apply to, because you you know for a fact that there is a huge waiting list to get in these places, and if they if they find out places in January and they're being booted out in June, there's a chance they won't get into those places. We are working with all the families and with the residents and we're working with the local authorities to do that and we will be doing all of those things and we have met with families and the residents a number of occasions. But not given them alternative places they could go to. It's not Scope's responsibility. We are working alongside families to make sure that... we, we will support all of the families and the residents, more importantly, to make sure that they find somewhere that they are comfortable and happy to, to, to live in and that suits their needs. 
final thing in it, and I really appreciate your time this morning. I know you said on a bit longer than we said. Uh, we spoke to Grace Holmes this morning. We asked yeah. her what she'd like to say to Scope. This is what she had to say. I would like to ask them, can they sleep at night? Because the residents and the, the parents can't sleep at night on what they're doing. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Elliot? Do you sleep at night? We... We believe we're making a very responsible decision. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I knew that in a few years' time, Grace would be in a worse situation where we have to do something like this in a very rushed way we didn't have control and we couldn't do it in a responsible way. Um, and that's what we're committed to doing. Elliot, I appreciate your time this morning. Elliot Dunster from Scope, 08459 455 555. I'm sure lots of you would like to have your say uh, on that. It's 8.37. Simon, I'm very, very sorry. I'm hoping you're in your booth, not tapping your fingers. Let's get the news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I thought I'd skipped it. Right, hang on. Now he is tapping his fingers furiously. I can hear them. Right, here we go. Across beds, cards and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headline to Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuker has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term, and hundreds of thousands more patients could be considered for weight loss surgery on the NHS as part of plans to tackle type 2 diabetes. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The pressure is increasing on England cricket captain Alistair Cook after he was out for just five against India at Trent Bridge. England will resume on 43 for one this morning after a record last wicket stand helped the tourists to 457. Former captain Alex Stewart says Cook will come under further scrutiny. He's now going to cop a little bit more flack in certain areas of the media and from the public. Nothing he could do about it, really. He's just got to accept he's got to be thick-skinned. He's got to put it to the back of his mind when he goes out in the second innings, assuming he gets that opportunity. He's just going to say, right, I still believe I'm good enough to play for England. At the World Cup, Brazilian striker Neymar says the challenge that ended his tournament was just two centimetres away from leaving him paralysed. I feel blessed because it wasn't more serious. Two more centimetres up, I could be in a wheelchair. It's really hard to talk about. It happened at such an important time in my career. But it happened. It's just part of the game. Luton lost 2-0 to a Portuguese second division side in a training game at their Portugal training camp. Wickham beat Maidenhead 3-0 and a behind-closed-doors friendly. Goals from Sam Wood, Paris Cowan-Hall and a trialist striker. The pre-season friendlies continue tomorrow. Steve Nidger at home to West Ham. Three o'clock kick-off at the Lamex Stadium. Wickham go to Chessant with a one o'clock start. A course record seven under par 64 from Rory McIlroy has given him a one-shot lead after the first round of the Scottish Open. Buckinghamshire duo Luke Donald and Terrell Hatton carded 67 and 69 respectively and Hertfordshire's Tom Lewis carded a 70 after a first ever hole-in-one. It was nice, you know, I, I felt like the last couple of months I, my hole-in-one was coming my way. It's my first hole-in-one ever, so it's um, it's good fun to, uh, to do it at Royal Aberdeen where I've obviously had history here with the Walker Cup, so... Um, it was a nice shot, just pushed it stri- slightly off uh, off the tee and perfectly the wind just drifted into the hole. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. 
No one's going to want to be interviewed by you, Lee. You'll be blacklisted. <laughs> no, you just want the answers to the questions. The That's Justin, your job. I'm, I'm really sorry. We've not had much time for you today, Sorry, right. it's, it's been a little bit busy, and I apologise. You know I'm a it's big okay. fan of your work. Uh, big we'll, fan of yours we'll too, yeah. Your, your Saturday show plug in a little bit. Uh, this morning, there's a big story, and I know David Preve is going to be talking about it. Uh, there, w- w- Remind me what the story is, Just. Well, uh, more people could be considered for weight loss surgery yep. on the NHS as yep. part, of pan, uh, part of plan to tackle diabetes. Now, the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence, they believe that by making more people eligible for a gastric band or bypass would reduce problems associated with the disease. Uh, as you mentioned, Dave is doing that at nine on the big phone-in. I've been in Fishermead this morning, the home of our big home tour. Home of the yes, big tour! Yes, the home of the big tour, asking people whether this type of surgery should be available on the NHS. Here's what people had to say definitely not shouldn't be it's up if you're gonna make yourself fat it's up to you to lose the weight i mean the nhs are saying long term they could save money on diabetes treatment because it could prevent that but do you think it sends out the wrong message to say to people get fat in the first place yeah get fat go on disability benefit have a little scooter it's just gonna encourage them i'm absolutely all for it i've just lost seven stone but it was really hard and i had to do it on my own because i was no support so, yeah, if, if somebody really needs it, I think it's, it's fantastic. Is it right, though, that, that people like you and I should, should pay for somebody to essentially just relax and, and get overweight and, and let the taxpayer deal with it? That's not always the case, is it, though? There's, there's normally a lot of reasons behind why somebody puts weight on. Mm. Could be psychological, could be medical, could be various reasons, depression. So why shouldn't we help them? And the idea is that, that long-term this will prevent people from getting diabetes, so we could actually save money. Save money on the NHS, yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I think the NHS is there to provide service for everybody, not to judge, not to condone, not to condemn. If we need it, we should have it. Do you know anybody who's had a gastric band on the NHS? No, I do know people that have had it privately, but, but not on the NHS. And those people that have had it privately, has it completely turned their life around? In most cases, yes. Yeah, it's, it's given them a new lease of life, they've lost weight, they've become healthier, more vibrant... Yeah, it's really achieved what it was meant This is an interesting one, Justin. Mm. I don't think it's quite as clear-cut. I think there are some lazy fat chuffers who like to eat a lot of food and sit on their backsides watching Jeremy Cull. Yes. Yes. I do think, though, there are a significant number of people who uh, have kind of got um, a mental illness. It can be an addiction to mm. eat food. You know, you feel rubbish about yourself, you feel shameful, you feel low, so you go and stuff your face and then you feel more guilt and more shame. So, you say, so it can be an, addic- an addiction. Yeah. And by putting, um, uh, I nearly said loom band, it's because I'm looking at a story, by putting a, a gastric band on them, that's not going to change the psychological problem. No, absolutely not. I think, I think you're right in what you're saying. I know quite a few people who, uh, who suffer uh, eating lots of food. Uh, they, they comfort eat. And, you know, that, that I would say is an illness. And by having a gastric band, is that going to solve that problem? No, it's not. Yes, it's going to make them slim, but that problem's probably never going to go away. I think the problem's uh, a lot more complicated than this report is saying today. 
I just can't imagine as well uh, having a, a, I mean I'm lucky I'm kind of I've been was really skinny as a lad and I'm sort of alright for a 41 year old but ripped I'm ripped I'm ripped and I, you and me just <laughs> we're ripped we're totally ripped yeah uh, but uh, the, the thought of, of being so desperate that you have someone tie a knot in your stomach basically is mm. what they're doing so you can't eat food it's absolutely horrendous but of course the long term plan is to hopefully save the NHS money that's the idea that's what they're talking about today long term uh, to try and save this country some money well David Priever will be talking about this after nine Justin very quickly no mm. not very quickly take as long as you want because mm. I, I feel bad we've not really spoken to you today your Saturday morning show 9 till 12 uh uh-uh, uh mm. no more no more what, do, what do, where and when I have a new home 12 until 2 Saturday afternoons. Two hours of great songs and great memories. Tomorrow we have the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1975. We have requests from Fishermead, the home of our big tour. (laughs) And also, get this, one of the coolest men in music is going to be on my show tomorrow, Kid Creole from Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin, I I think tomorrow at 2 o'clock you should uh, walk out of the radio station and never come back. You ain't never going to top that. (laughs) But then I've got to come back tomorrow, but between oh. five and six, oh. it's my music. Oh. One hour of my favourite songs. They've got you doing that, have they? Yes, they have. Give us, give us a little hint. Give, give me, give me two songs that we might hear if we tune in between five and six. Okay, Cliff Bennett and the Rebel Rousers. <laughs> got to get you into my life. Oh yeah, funky. And also, Edwin Starr, SOS. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Daly. He's a radio legend. Not one, but two shows tomorrow. Justin, thank you very much. Thank you, boss. See you later on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I've just found an incredible story in the newspapers. How did I miss this? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving at the moment on the Great North Road, heading southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabouts. The M1 heading southbound, it's been an accident between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. Um, still awaiting a recovery there. The A1M heading southbound, slow moving just around Junction 7 for the A602. And taking a look at the trains, delays on London Midland of possible up to 15 minutes between Tring and London Euston. Also affecting Virgin trains between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston. That's due to a signalling Problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Gosh, what a lot we've got to squeeze in. I think we'll have a go. Right, it's 8.46, it's Friday the 11th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire MP says families will be profoundly affected by a charity's proposal to close care homes. Luton South MP Gavin Shuka has highlighted the case of Grace Holmes, whose disabled son attends one of eight scope care homes facing closure. A Milton Keynes pensioner who strangled her terminally ill husband has lost an appeal against the length of her jail term. And hundreds of thousands more patients could be considered for weight loss surgery on the NHS as part of plans to tackle type 2 diabetes. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the rain band, uh, which was promised to thin and break as it came uh, westwards towards us from the east, has done so. And so it still looks like Buckinghamshire not really getting too much in the way of rain. There is some towards Ellsbury and uh, stretching up towards Ellsbury and Milton Keynes, but South Buckinghamshire is staying dry at the moment and things are drying out as well across uh, Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. So we're an improving picture. We continue to see that improvement in the next couple of hours. There is, though, a line of quite 
quite heavy showers still out towards the east and that could affect us uh, a little later in the morning. So cater for some wet weather uh, still for a bit longer but things are improving and as we go through towards this afternoon we'll be generally dry, uh, quite a bit of cloud around but some brightness coming through and a top temperature of 20 or 21 Celsius. Tomorrow will be warmer, we'll start with a lot of cloud around in the morning but uh, as we go through the afternoon some brightness to come through potentially and in that a top temperature of 24 maybe 25 Celsius uh, but it will feel quite humid. Having said that there's a risk of some showers to come through tomorrow evening. They're coming in uh, from the west this time and crossing off towards the east so from late evening uh, be aware that there is a risk of some showers. More of course on the website. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Right. BBC Three Counties Radio. How do I... Well, Emma, Craig, stay there. You've got very serious points to make. How did I miss this story? You've got two young girls. Yes. Loom bands? Yes. Yeah, you into that? Um, I've tried. They're quite hard. They can't do them and I can't be bothered. I've still not opened my birthday presents yet. I know in one envelope there are some loom bands, bracelets waiting for me. OK, you'd have to make them though. No, no, no. no. They've been made by my nephew. Boy of seven is blinded by loom band. Yeah. Playground craze needs a safety warning, says Mother, after sun is hit in the eye. There's a, yeah. picture, of, there's a picture of young Kyle. He's, he's very seriously injured. Yeah, but he wasn't making a bracelet, was he? A mother has warned other parents of the dangers posed by loom bands after her son was blinded by one. Mrs Lawrence, a carer, said of the loom bands, I will never have them in the house again. I emailed the company about changing the labelling to warn people. They haven't got back to me. There should be a warning on the packet. It's terrible that this has happened. I've had other parents come forward and say that something similar has happened, but not as bad. Now, Catherine, you made an interesting point there. They weren't just sitting there making the, uh, the loom bands. Carly Lawrence was sitting making the bracelets with her children when her eldest son accidentally fired one of the rubber bands into the seven-year-old's eye. So he sat there going, stop it, stop it, you'll have his eye. Oh, my God, you've actually had his eye out. Well, no. Not literally. It, yes. But yeah, loom bands are... Oh, I, I hate the world something. Stop the world, I want to get off. Loom bands, a lovely little brace. When I was a kid, it was Luby Loos. Do you remember Luby Loos? No, they were little bits of plastic, and you had to kind of weave them together to make patterns. And then, this is the 1970s, guys, then you had to get a parent, or you did it, to get a match and weld them to steal it together. Oh, right, so like the would, hammer bead. Yeah, so it would melt. What's the hammer bead? Hammer beads is another thing you can do, and you put them onto a frame, like yeah. a, and they're little beads with oh, holes yeah. in, and then you iron them, and uh, then they stay together. Yeah. So it's a similar principle. Yeah, you dangerous. Put them together. This is much safer. These are not dangerous. This story should not be in the... This is not a story. Kid, uh, kid fires, fires something. band at other yeah, kids. Yeah, kid picks on his brother. I'll do that story. OK, Daily Mail, come round my house every day. I've got a, a, a hole in my hand still, a little... Um, um, Mark, do you know yep. where that's from? Yep. From leaning on my sister's pretend Rolls Royce. She had like a little model Rolls Royce. I got on it. the uh, what's it called, the Spirit of uh, Freedom, whatever yep. it was. Yep. Do I want them taken off the market? No, it was my Here's own fault. Thing. Here's the thing: books, children's books, are very, very dangerous because my two boys were fighting the other night over who was going to read a book and what book it was going to be, and so the eldest bit the youngest. I threw a bull at my sister, and it stuck in her head. A bull? Yeah, you know from you what? know Britain's Toys, they do those really sturdy oh, yeah, farm yeah, yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah. Well, she uh, angered me, so I lobbed it at her. I and say, wedged. with the greatest of respect, Laura, Kyle Lawrence, I hope you get well soon. I'm sure you will. He's not, he's not blinded; he can see out of it. Uh, I say to the mum. And I say to the Daily Mail, jog on. Get a life, for goodness sakes, dearie me. Craig's in Aylesbury. Good morning, Craig. Morning, mate. How are you? I, I'm all right, thank you. We're, we're talking about gastric band, something that David's going to pick up uh, at nine o'clock. But you, you've got a story. What happened? 
Yeah, um, I, I think you, you're showing one side of the story. What you need to show is also the other side, where um, these operations are extremely dangerous. Um, there, there is a, there's, there's been a, a huge number of these that have gone wrong, and I lost a uh, my niece to this operation, and it was very, very, it was, it was horrendous to watch. Um, and you uh, lost during, your niece to this operation, Craig. What, what, what yeah. happened? Um, they were doing, it, I, I think it was the bypass operation. Um, she wanted to make her life better. And um, they were doing this operation and it went wrong. And um, she complained of, of um, uh, a lot of pain and, and things. And what was happening is that during the operation, um, something hadn't quite gone as it should. And it started to leak um, acid back into the body. Well, once that starts, it's irreversible. You know, so um, literally she was being poisoned from within and, and she didn't last very long, a few days. But, you know, th- this operation is extremely dangerous and and all of this was explained, I believe, and, you know, but there's a high percentage of these operations that goes wrong. Now, if this is offered on the NHS, you know, it sounds great, it really does, but I just advise anybody to consider the other side of this i've been on the other side and we've i lost a you know a beautiful young girl that that was just early 30s and uh three young children and you know it goes wrong it can go wrong craig i'm really sorry for your loss that's that that's really sad can can i ask you because i don't know how they do this operation i i thought and i'm sure you're going to correct me i thought they literally kind of tied a band around you know a, a tube in your stomach and that stuff is it uh, you, is it more com- think, obviously it's more complicated than that i suppose i think there are there are different ways of doing it that's that's the one where they you know um where they put the gastric band on and what it does it basically reduces the size of your stomach and you know so you don't eat so much and you feel full the other one is the bypass one right which is and both of these operations you know they go wrong if you tear your stomach lining mm. you know you've got to bear in mind this is the place where all the acids sit that breaks down your food and once that gets out into your body it is it is almost irreversible the outcome the outcome is not good you know and we sat and we, we 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 saw this and you know it was it was and it still is horrific of course it is. um thinking back but you know people need to consider that um it's you, not just the case of people that eat a lot you know that want to do something because they do want to do something oh yeah but there has listen, to be another way yeah well, are you worried that by because we do hear about gastric band operations a lot that that that, that it, it's sold as a really quick easy fix to obesity absolutely yeah mm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and I know that if my niece would have known those risks, there's no way on earth she would have taken that. No way. Craig, uh, thanks very much for your call. Cheers, Ian. I'm thanks. really sorry for your loss. Thank you. There we go. They do make it sound like an easy fix. Oh, you just tie your stomach up. You just move a bit of your stomach over there, wallop. You save a few pounds in weight. And obviously any operation is, you know, is a, is a trauma- literally a traumatic experience, traumatic to your body. Emma's in Devon on the subject of care homes. Morning, Emma. Hello. What would you like to say? Um, my brother is facing um, his care home closure um, in um, here in Devon. Is that, um, is that with Scope or is that with someone else? No, it's not. It's with okay. Guinness Care and Support. Okay, okay. Um, his home is a beautiful um, 40-odd bedroomed uh, home. So it is larger than some of the Scope homes that are closing. Um, unfortunately... Uh, Gavin mentioned choice and giving adults with learning difficulties a choice about where they want to live. My brother chooses to live at Bystock Court. Mm. 
he can't live there because it's facing closure. So and I looked around for an alternative placement. As you quite rightly said, these places are going to be filling up pretty fast. We found a place um, very nearby, and it was fantastic. They knew my brother. We went to um, get him in. Devon County Council have turned around and said the fees are too high. Because uh, the, the council will be paying his fees, would they? Exactly. OK, yeah, yeah. So, um, Mum asked, well, what happens if the fees don't come down? Um, what will happen to um, my son then? Devon County Council told my mother, well, he'll be up for brokerage. Excuse brokerage, me? Brokerage is a system where all the details of my brother, everything about him, will go on the internet. Care homes in Devon will bid for him. Presumably, the lowest bid will get his placement. Like he's a like um, he's a he's, it, a he's a he's a cow or he's a bit he's a cattle. Or, he's that's he's incredible. A hum, it's a human cattle market. Oh my this gosh! This is what people with learning oh difficulties are facing. Um, now we won't have a choice. We won't have a choice as to where he goes, and he could be placed anywhere in Devon. So mum asked, the next question mum asked, because my brother has very complex needs, mm. what if he doesn't enjoy where he lives? What if he's more stressed out where, where they place him? I better know what the Seven answer was. County Council turned around and said, we'll look outside the county. Oh, no. So he could be placed anywhere in England. Gosh. He is highly stressed out as it is. <sighs> if he moves out anywhere really far that we can't get to, it will kill him. Yeah. Where is my brother's choice? There's no, there's no choice. It would appear there's no concern for, um, for feelings or the ultimate well. Obviously, it, it, health-wise, it's beneficial for your brother to be near you and you. I'm shocked. Exactly. That gonna, I'm shocked at this term brokerage, Emma. That's that's the most heartbreaking thing I've heard. But, People are going to bid for him. The lowest bidder wins him. This has been going on for years, oh, and the amount of people that know about brokerage is shocking. I don't even think MPs know about brokerage. Do you know, I, I've, I've not heard of brokerage. I'm going to have a little look into this. And I, I'm, I, Emma, I've got to leave it there because we're coming to the end of the show. Thank you so much for that. We, we will talk about this more. I know for a fact that, that, that my mum pays for her, her care fees. Uh, when her savings get to whatever the threshold is, £28,000, the council step in. And if they think that the fees are too high at the care home, they'll boot her out. Emma, incredible call. Thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford after that accident that happened a little earlier on this morning. The M25 heading clockwise, very slow moving just around Junction 25 for Enfield heading through the roadworks area. Take a look in Boreham Wood on cameras, looking slow on the Barnet Bypass heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And on the trains, there's possible delays of up to 15 minutes on London Midland between Tring and London Euston, also affecting Virgin trains between Milton Keynes Central and Euston as well. That's the latest. I'm Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. I'm still reeling at the term brokerage. I, 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 I'm going to have a little look into this. I'm going to have a little look into this. Oh dear. Right, that's it. That's your lot.
Uh, there will be a new podcast up in a little bit. We're going to be hastily re-editing it after today's show. David is up next. Until Monday, from Catherine, Justin, Kelly and myself. See you then. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian Lee. Back on Monday morning, 6am. Good morning, it's nine o'clock. It's the JBS Show. I'm David Prevo for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I want to hear from you now.